fingers all around Cheers, y'all Well, 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 well That sounds like a party right Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast and video extravaganza known internationally as the world-famous Smokin' and Toasted. Welcome, Ian, to This is a Landmark Show. It's number 275. That now, is... That's not- like three quarters of the way to 300. Well, and, and for once, the math actually works. <laughs> sort of. Uh, we are show number 275, and it it's not like a it's not like a, a 200th show or a 300th show, but it is kind of a landmark. So I thought, we got to do something special, and what would be more special than to do a show which we're just going to title Drinking with Docs? <laughs> Welcome back, Greg Daxakis, one of our favorite uh, guests here on the program. You know, I, I, and I, not just because of the stuff you bring. We actually kind of like you as a person, too. I, I, that's, that's, I, I can get that, because I kind of like me, too. But here's the thing. I was thinking about it, and you know what I am? Uh, I, I am a, a spiky fox. A spiky fox? Um, a spiky fox. I'm a friend of the show. Right. Fox. And when I'm on, the rating, ratings... The ratings spike. spike. Okay, I'm, so I'm you're a spiky fox. Spiky fox. So th- th- now you understand why we bring you in for 275. We can't have that be a, a low rating <laughs> right. show. Yeah, once, once our ratings start going so low, we have to get another Dox <laughs> injection. And for the record, 275 is what they charged me to be on the show this time. So. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, Dox, of course, is with Maison Ferran and with Plantation Rum. And you brought another guest with I you did. Well. I brought a very special guest. Uh, this is... Kelsey, she comes Hi, all the Kelsey. way from Barbados. Hi. Uh, welcome. Yeah, Kelsey's with our West Indies Rum Distillery. She's actually interning, and she's going to be in Texas for a few more months or weeks. Yeah. We got her based in Dallas, but we thought she could, you know, use a, you know, a break, and so we brought her all the way down here just to be on the show with you guys. You know, yeah. uh, uh, my business partner lived in Dallas for several years. He was working there uh, back before we started working together, and he told me it took like two and a half years before he realized that he was free to go. <laughs> and uh, so that's when he came back to Houston, and uh, and uh, so no, the the Dallas Houston rivalry is it, it's a friendly one. It's kind of like the L A San Francisco rivalry. I guess know? I don't know. I see. I have zero problem with Dallas whatsoever. I like Dallas, as I say. I like it. I just don't want to pay for it. Yeah. But yeah. it's but I, I know, and I I always go back to this, and I can't help but think of this, and this just kind of puts encapsulizes the whole Dallas rivalry for me. It was decades ago, working at uh, I used to work for Sherlock's. Uh, the mm-hmm. Hospital USA, and they opened up our first location out there in Dallas. You know, we all worked here at the uh, West Gray location, so we had a little road trip down there to go support our new friends. And we spent like a Sunday morning early on at a local bar, and the bartender there, you could tell, didn't want to be there, wasn't happy, kind of surly. And just long story short, two hours later, when he saw that we were bartenders and we tipped like crazy, he says on the way out, Yeah, I'm here every Sunday, come see me. I'm like, Actually, we're visiting from Houston. He goes, Oh, well, what do you think is so great about Houston? I'm like, all my stuff's there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that totally works. See, see, you got Dallas and you got Houston, and there's, like I said, there's the friendly rivalry, and then in between, there's Austin, which basically sits back and says. You guys are so not cool with rival dudes. I thought you were going to say in between is Centerville, which has fantastic beef jerky. Well, they do have good beef jerky in Centerville. And uh, and there's some good beef jerky. Just If you're driving just from here to Austin, there's good beef jerky several places. I was going to say, if we were to stop at every good beef jerky place between here and Dallas, <laughs> it would take us six weeks to get there. <laughs> That's like the old Aggie joke about the Aggie that was uh, driving from College Station to Dallas, and he saw a sign that said cleaned restrooms and he cleaned 38 restrooms before he got to Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know how we got off on this uh, tangent, but welcome to the program. We're actually supposed to be all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and we will get to all of those, I promised, on today's uh, on today's show. And I'm looking at some fine spirits here to my left, so I'm excited about what... Uh, I understand you brought quite a bit of stuff today, did you? Man, I am. We're gonna, I'm going to empty the clip. Okay. Uh, so it's, I got some cool things. We're going to talk about some uh, new cognacs. Some are available now, some down the road. We're going to have a look at some... Uh, uh, some new rums in the market, and one that's not so new, and and I can't even tell you what. I'm not even. Sure. I haven't even decided if I'm really going to show it or not. We'll, well, we'll see. Well, when, but, <laughs> but towards the end, we're going we're going we're going to take a little sneak peek into the future. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, when Docs comes, he really does. He unloads the cupboard, or he it leaves leaves it all on the table. So uh, you know, eat your heart out. I like, I like he, he bears it all. I like <laughs> the unloading the clip reference. Unloading that's the clip favorite. that that works. Um, <laughs> we are also going to be tasting beers as if we didn't have enough to drink on today's show uh, from Back Pew Brewing from right here in Houston. We'll be doing uh, their Mutton Bustin' Strawberry Kolsch. I'm in the mood for spring. For, for all you yeah. uh, northerners, Mutton yeah. Bustin' is a uh, rodeo reference. Yeah, just, yeah. It's, uh, okay. Thank, thank you. And, you know, and, and for you people from you know uh, other countries yeah. that might not know about Mutton Bustin'. Yeah. Too. I, I want to know how people are on the Urban Dictionary right now looking up Mutton Bustin'. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I live downtown. I'm not sure I know what Mutton Bustin' is. So, oh, yeah. you know, you've never gone to the rodeo? I've the Mutton Bustin' is one of the most fun parts. Yeah. yeah. All right, all right. So we'll just leave it at that, and people can. It's like watching kids it. getting thrown off a sheep. I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I, I'm actually serious. Yeah. I, I tried <laughs> to sign up my kid for it. I really did. Yeah. I really did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we actually had someone that was. Uh, we were, uh, I forgot where we were, what the sitting was, but there was someone that was upset about the cruelty to the sheep. I'm like, oh, the sheep are fine. It's the kids that are hanging on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Exactly. Uh, also from Stone Brewing out of Escondido, California. Like those guys. Uh, they're sublime. Righteous Black IPA will be something we'll nice. be trying today. And then, uh, Ian, I just, I'm hoping that this is going to be a, a real sort of moment for you on the show from Revision Brewing Company. Their Wooden Rose Darkling Imperial Stout, which uh, they've done a good. whole bunch of crazy aging to, and I'll, we'll explain all that when we get the bottle out. But uh, anyway, it, it, it should be a good show. And, That's exciting. And, and uh, uh, today's show is, and we haven't sold this yet, but I'll just go ahead and give them, give them today as a freebie. Today's show is most definitely brought to you by Uber. Most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. Uh, we also have a lot of stuff to uh, talk about. The complete uh, TAA list of uh, cigars to watch for. That's all of the TAA exclusives that are, I think there's 13 of them that are being released and will be sent to retailers for the TAA nice. uh, trade show. So we'll tell you about that. Uh, the U.S. is about to reactivate our consulate in Cuba as Cuban American relationships are turning back around slightly again. So for those who are, you know, were excited back when you could bring in a little bit of Cuban cigars and then that got squashed, this is a first step maybe towards re-normalizing uh, relationships a little bit there. Uh, plus, oh, some really great news, the whiskey tariff is finally over. And that that's a big thing because that's mm. been that's been really play, plaguing uh, U.S. Uh, whiskey producers as they've tried to export 
their goods, it got really, really expensive to do that when this tariff got put in place several years ago. That could ago. be a good domino effect because it, it, it starts there, and, and, and usually when you have a tariff put in place, that means that some are going to follow. Right. So not only whatever other tariffs out there that are in place are going to be eased on, maybe, but also they're still up in the air about a lot of, uh, um, I don't want to say threatened tariffs, but you know predicted tariffs, mm-hmm. that with this is going to help kind of clear the air on that also. Right, keep maybe some of those from being as likely to happen, yeah. right? So that's a good thing. Uh, and then, of course, our uh, most popular segment of the program returns again today. It's the segment we like to call Drinking News. Our uh, Drinking News teaser headline today. You're getting very, very sleepy. <laughs> So we'll look forward to that. And by the way, uh, I'm so glad you have the ukulele today because and I'll get with you I was, on this. I was going to not bring it because of Doc's. Yeah. Well, why? you thought he would make fun of you? No, but yeah, he pointed out earlier that every time uh, we've done a show with him, I've forgotten the ukulele. Oh, so it was a consistent <laughs> thing. Well, well, see, I'm glad. Why I'm, would I make fun of him for playing a ukulele? I wish that I could. I mean, that's a big, you know, chick magnet right there. Oh, like, yeah. You know. Chicks love the ukulele. <laughs> sure, oh, yeah. Sure. Chicks dig any kind of instrument. You know, I wish that I could play the accordion. I want to be the Jimi Hendrix of the accordion. I would wail on the accordion. By the way, speaking of the accordion, did you know, and this is true, they're doing a biopic of Weird Al Yankovic's exactly. life. Nice. I'm so excited. <laughs> did I tell, ever tell you I met him? Uh, I met him at the MTV Video Music Awards back when that was a thing. Like, it's not really a thing now. It's, it's more still like a thing. A, it's just, it's, it's, no, so it's, just like it's a fa- intense now. It's a now, fashion thing. It used now. to be fun. Yeah, it used to, used to be. The year I was there, uh, R.E.M. played, Madonna played, Lenny Kravitz played. It was, like, crazy awesome, uh, the artists that, that performed. But I met Weird Al Yankovic, like, out in the lobby. And he was just hanging out, and he was wearing a really nice tuxedo jacket over a Hawaiian shirt. It was like perfect Weird Al. Uh, and he couldn't have been nicer. He was a super nice guy. So anyway, I'm looking forward to his uh, biopic. That'll be, that'll be super fun. Uh, so what else is going on? It's been quite a week. Ian, I assume you would, I would assume that you've had an opportunity to smoke something interesting this week? Why, yes, I have. I uh, stopped by Casa this morning and selected a few cigars. Uh, I picked up a particularly ugly cigar. Did you? Like on purpose? Or just that was kind of how it happened? I was wandering around. I was like, I just want something different. And uh, and I was wandering around, and uh, I saw a few things. uh, But, you know, after 274 episodes, that's 274 different cigars all the time. you got to look a little bit. You can't just reach out and grab a cigar, and it's going to be a new one, right? Yeah. But I found one, and and I was intrigued by it because it was kind of... Kind of ugly, actually. Is this? Did it recall like your bachelor days at all? <laughs> no. <laughs> this was a Sancho Panza, a double Maduro. Uh-huh. So that sounds good. Yeah. The wrapper is oddly wrinkly and bizarre. It just, yeah. It's, it's very weird. <laughs> you see it on the picture. You just okay. Have to look at it. So this was the La Mancha size. Uh, that's oh. a Corona. It's a five point five by forty four. Pardon me. Connecticut uh, broadleaf wrapper. Uh, Connecticut shade binder and filler is a blend of different things. The uh, appearance on this rich, dark coffee and color, wrinkly and kind of homely is what I put down. Um, box pressed, firm, overall feel, leathery and oily with a very simple Sancho Panza band. You know, mm-hmm. they, yeah, they it is a that, very basic band. Yeah, yeah. very basic band. Classy. Uh, the pre-light sniff on this rich earth leather coffee and chocolate at the foot of the cigar. Uh, the pre-light draw, I used a clip on it, had a medium draw to it. Uh, I got sweet coffee, leather, and a slightly fruity note out of it. 
The initial light on this, I had a burst of sweet coffee and tangy leather, mm-hmm. backed by some kind of like savory spices and pepper. The retrohale was woody with pepper. The first third of this, uh, flavors coalesced in a sweet wood, uh, sweet coffee, wood, earthy spices. Like it was kind of like, um, you know how Cuban has that really earthy flavor. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like mm-hmm. a sweet Cuban with some Almost nutty like flavors. Almost like a soil uh, vibe to it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it started off that way. Underlying had just had this kind of like beef stock kind of fullness to the flavor. It was really interesting, uh, really savory kind of flavor to it. Not overly complex. Yeah, very pleasant. Medium to medium plus, I would say. And this is right off the bat. Uh, real toothy wrapper. Retrohale was uh, earthy with some pepper. Solid ash. Good burn. Second uh, third of the cigar. I put two out of two. Apparently I wasn't thinking. So mm-hmm. almost the second half of the cigar. Second <laughs> second third of the cigar. Uh, the beef stock flavor kind of ramps up a little bit. Cedar becomes recognizable from the woody notes. Leather and... Earth, keep it interesting. Uh, coffee and a hint of chocolate kind of thread throughout. This has the kind of wrapper that you could chew on for hours, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if the cigar goes out, you could just like have just it chew stuck on in your mouth for like the rest of the day. Uh, <laughs> I've done that. I've done that. Right. <laughs> um, Hail is sweet uh, cedar and coffee backed by pepper. Solid ash, good burn. The last third of this uh, dark roasted coffee is more prevalent. Sweet and savory spices move around underneath. Cedar and bitter mocha become the backbone uh, of this uh, portion of the cigar. Peppery with toast lingering on the palate. Uh, uh, the uh, retrohale on the last bit of this is sweet coffee and cinnamon. A little bit of uh, cinnamon to it. It's really nice. Solid ash, good burn. Uh, this cigar costs $6.29. Yeah, Sancho Pons is reasonably priced. Not, yeah, not. Yeah. Not uh, expensive at all. I gave it a six and a half. Nice. This is one I'll be looking out. Uh, nice. I, I was as I was just kind of looking up what the cigar was made out of. I found mm-hmm. you could find a cigar for like uh, less than eighty dollars for a box. That's not bad. That's not yeah, bad. Yeah. So I thought that's going to be one I put in my humidor. I remember uh, you know back in some of my early smoking days when I was you know super super tight budget. I remember picking up Sancho Panza Maduros because they were very good and very. You could get them for like four or five bucks sometimes back, right. back in that day, which shows you how old I am. But you know, it's <laughs> it's, it's a uh, it's a thing. You know, they're they're a really reasonably priced cigar, and so it's easy for them to uh, to you know punch above their weight class a little bit when it comes to price to quality. So was that so. back when gas prices were less than uh, movie theater snacks? <laughs> gas prices <laughs> are still less than movie theater snacks. You can get, you can get gas for five six bucks a gallon at the most expensive places. You know how much a popcorn is? Oh, yeah. Well, well, what I love is when you go to the movies, you can either get the medium popcorn for like six seventy-five, or you can get the one that's five times larger for six ninety-nine. Right. It's like... They do the same thing. They, they do the same thing with the drinks. You can get yeah. the, the uh, medium drink, which is about this size. <laughs> right. right. Or you can get the Or scooter. you can get the large and you get free refills. Yeah, of course, right. it's like, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's not the selection that I have a problem with. Yeah. These, excuse me, it's not the price that I have a problem with these days. It's the selection. Yeah. It's like the things they offer now. And, and I this is uh, an old story. I hope I haven't told it on this show before. But when my wife and I first started dating, uh, we went went to a movie and the only thing they had, you know, I was looking for, you know, chocolate covered almonds, junior mint, something, right? Right. And there's like this, and they have like a big 10 
gallon bag of uh, of of Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> I'm like, what? Ki-? And I say to her, I go, what yeah. kind of psychopath eats an entire bag of Sour Patch Kids <laughs> in one sitting? Well, later that night we went back to her place, and on the table there was a half-eaten bag of Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> oh, and no. she goes, and that was just last week's Abby McBeal. Or, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's very good. I'm a, I'm a Twizzlers. I, I, I get the big bag of Twizzlers when yeah. I go to the movie theater. That's, yeah, see, that's I, what I have. I, I like the I like the chocolate covered peanuts, the goobers. Oh yeah, yeah. Goobers, yeah. Those yeah. those are fun at the movies. But uh, but yeah, you got to have a. You know, you gotta. They gotta check your credit before you buy any of that stuff. Yeah, pretty much, it's so freaking expensive. Well, I, I smoked something rather interesting myself. I want to tell you about real quick. But I, I so Tuesday, uh, I, Tuesday we had tickets. My wife and I for a concert. We had, went to see Jimmy Eat World, who were fantastic, by the way. Although let me just let me just mention, the opening act was Dashboard Confessional. Oh, and they were just. Awful. Really? Like, I mean, they they weren't. It wasn't just that they weren't great. They were terrible. Were they a meatloaf cover band? No, well, they might. Uh, I, that would have been more entertaining. I remember. They were I remember out of Dashboard tune. Confessional he, as a band, but I don't remember anything. Yeah. They, they it, he, did. He, well, I think Dashboard Confessional was actually a guy, and he did these kind of uh, kind of whiny love songs on yeah, acoustic okay. guitar, and then he kind of like built a band around him, called the band Dashboard Confessional, uh, but he kept going for high notes he couldn't hit. And then they had a girl that was singing harmony with him that reminded have you ever been at like a party or something, somebody breaks out a guitar, plays piano, somebody's singing, and then somebody else tries to harmonize with them oh, and yeah. it don't go so well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was like on stage. This is supposed to be. Anyway, uh, so it, it, but Jimmy Eat World was so good that it was worth it. Like I didn't feel like I got ripped off. Anyway, that night of the show, uh, I was walking over to meet my wife at her office because we were going to uh, grab some dinner and go to the show from there. And I walked right past McCoy's Fine Cigars downtown uh, Houston. I thought, I have not been in here in a while. Oh, yeah. Let me bounce in and say hello and, uh, and pick something up. So I got a couple of things. And one of the ones that caught my eye, I wound up buying totally because of the name. Now, that can be dangerous because, you know, uh, it, well, it does turn out at least that this particular cigar is made by a big-time player in the premium cigar industry. So it was, so it was okay. And besides, how could you not at least try a cigar from Deadwood Tobacco called the Fat Bottom Betty. Oh, I've had this. Cigar. <laughs> yeah, uh, it the uh, in the throwback town of Deadwood, South Dakota, you will find a legendary cigar store and lounge called the Deadwood Tobacco Company. Uh, they've got the usual stuff: a huge flat screen, a fireplace, and even a beer bar. And the humidor is stocked with the latest and greatest from the world of cigars. And they also have their own line too of Deadwood. Company cigars, which turns out they make in conjunction with Drew Estate, mm-hmm. so that's the good news. And Drew Estate is uh, is now making these cigars available at select retailers around the country, and it turns out that McCoy's has them in stock. So the story is, by the way, that Deadwood uh, Tobacco was the first store to carry Jonathan Drew's cigars when he first launched uh, really? Drew Estate. So they've always had a special nice. place in his heart, and they work out this deal, and and he uh, takes their cigars around the country and, and gets them in stock as well. So uh, the Fat Bottom Betty, like other Deadwood Tobacco cigars, is not infused, but the cigar has a sweet-tipped cap, uh, which I will admit is not necessarily something that I like. Um, most people... Uh, either love that or hate it. You know, it's it's not. There's not a lot of people in the middle. For me, I'm I'm kind of am in the middle. It's good when I'm in the mood. Not so great 
other times. Betty comes wrapped in a Connecticut Maduro wrapper uh, with binder and filler from Nicaragua. The cigar is pretty rustic. Uh, a lot of noticeable veins and an uneven-looking wrapper. The cap sweetness dominated all the other pre-light notes. You couldn't really get much of, of anything else, although a little bit of tea leaf, maybe some cedar. Some I, I used my cigar scissors. I clipped it. I lit up the fat bottom Betty which sounds like a cross between a Queen song and a porn DVD from the $1.99 bin. Um, uh, so I'll be honest, I really wasn't in the mood for the whole sweetened tip vibe, but it wasn't unpleasant. And, you know, the real surprise was how quickly, you know, that sweetness kind of became less dominant and sort of a serious cigar vibe uh, took over. A uh, little sweetness on my lip for the first you know, for the first part, well, I'll be honest, it lasted pretty much the whole cigar, the sweetness, but it did decline a little bit. Um, it took, I read a few gripes online about the construction of this cigar. I had no problems with construction at all. It burned like a champ, no problems whatsoever. What was most pleasantly surprising, I guess, about the Betty was the really nice complexity. I'll admit that when I got my first taste of the sweetness from the tip, it made me expect a cigar that was going to be kind of one-dimensional. That was not the case. It really did, uh, it really performed uh, pretty well. Uh, in the uh, second third, I got uh, the sweetness from the tip, but I also got a little bit of coffee, a little bit of uh, woodiness, some oak, a little bit of leather. Uh, the draw and uh, burn were consistently good all the way down. Uh, last third, uh, the white pepper note that I'd gotten in the first couple of thirds kind of became more of a black pepper vibe. I know that seems like maybe it's splitting hairs, but uh, I even got a little hint of hatch chili in the final third, which I thought was very interesting, which I probably only identified because I had some hatch chili hummus earlier in the week. <laughs> right. and I remember the uh, the taste. Anyway, construction consistently good. So I enjoyed Fat Bottom Betty. It's a hell of a sentence to say, but you know what? I did. Uh, it was well rolled, had nice complexity. It was a nice long smoke too, well over an hour for the uh, Toro. Uh, I find myself wondering why they use a sweetened tip on this cigar. Uh, it doesn't need anything gimmicky to make it enjoyable. The the complexity in the tobacco is there. The flavors are all there. I saw it described online as medium to full-bodied. My experience is more like a solid medium. But for me, at least, I feel like the sweetened tip actually detracted from the whole smoking experience instead of instead of enhancing it. Uh, I kept wanting it to go completely away, and it never quite did. Uh, you can expect to spend about 8 to $9 for this cigar, and I'm going to take the liberty to give a qualified rating on this one, okay? If sweet tip cigars are not your thing, you can do better for 8 to 9 bucks. So price to quality, I'd say a 4. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if, we, if we rate it a 5, it means you get what you pay for. Yeah. If it's above a 5, it really knocked it out of the park, like uh, Ian's cigar did with a 6. You had a 6, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and, and at a 4, it just means, you know, if sweet tip's not your thing, there's other cigars in this price range you're going to enjoy more. On the other hand, if you like infused cigars or a little bit of the sweeter vibe, uh, Fat Bottom Betty can deliver for you in a big way. Or if you're just looking for something different, I'd give it a 5.5 in that case, if that's something uh, that, that's, you know, that's good for you. So I enjoyed my time with Fat Bottom Betty. I just don't think I'm going to be bragging to all my friends about it. You know, because <laughs> it's, it's going to be that. So uh, a, a little bit about that particular blend. Yeah. They also in that same blend, uh, Fat Bottom Betty is a specific size, right. Of the same blend as Sweet Jane, 
and Crazy Alice. Those are right. two other uh, right. sizes. But they also make a Sweet Jane and a Cigarello size in a tin. Mm-hmm. And uh, those the Sweet Janes and the uh, Sweet Janes in a tin are ones that my wife really loves. Wow. She she digs those. She's turned tons of people onto cigars just by handing out the little one of sweet those Jane's, little huh? cigarellos, and people are like, "Oh, these are really good." Well, <laughs> I, I love the way they've got such unconventional names right. for their cigars. It's, it's really creative, and it's the really labels fun, are so. pretty awesome too. And I know that you looked at that label and thought to yourself, "Oh yeah, that's going to be cool." Oh yeah, so because so, it has the Day of the Dead uh, uh, skull face on it, mm-hmm. it looks it says Fat Bottom Betty. Real big. It's like it's a perfect. Yeah, of course I'm going to try that. I've had a total revelation here. When you're describing tasting a cigar, it's like you're calling roll at a strip club. And when you are describing a cigar, it's like uh, lyrics to a Frank Zappa song. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment. That's I don't know where to say thank you or punch an eye. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that depends. Is Let's it happy give it hour? up for Escalade. <laughs> Escalade. Oh, that's a good one. I hadn't remembered. I, I, hadn't, I, could, I got to write that down. Somewhere I'm, somewhere I'm doing. Uh, Wait a minute. Y'all saw a stripper named Escalade? <laughs> I'm just saying. Just, yeah. Did y'all really? That just popped out of my head. I don't know. No, oh, you so should have lied about that. That was such an awesome story, man. <laughs> I'm currently developing a puzzle book, and I'm, I'm one of the uh, seek and find, you know, word search games I want to do is stripper names. I just thought that would be really fun, you know? For sure. Uh, so I got to remember Escalade. That's Escalade. Good. All right, we got to take a break. We got to get to some tasting, and that all starts in segment number two. So uh, I have a feeling this is going to be one of those shows that runs a little long, and I hope you're ready. Uh, smoking and Toasting is on the air everywhere. It is show number 275, and uh, boy, are we excited about it. We'll be right back with uh, Docs and Friends. <laughs> Docs and Friends. Oh, yeah, that could be a show, you know. Docs and Spiky Fots. <laughs> Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. We are on show number 275, and we're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. By the way, I was just looking back at my notes about the uh, about the Fat Bottom Betty cigar. I left out probably the most like the most interesting uh, sort of flavor I got, and it was very like it was very specific in the in the second third. I got German chocolate cake. It's a deep kind of uh, of chocolate like. German chocolate, that little bit of extra sweetness, and then like a hint of coconut, which I think so that's what I'm made it taste like German chocolate. That you didn't cake. say vanilla because I always get uh, vanilla because I think that there's a little uh, bit of pipe tobacco blend. I think that there is in there. It, it, it had that vibe to it. Maybe it's just and the I always sweetness, get but. I always get a strong vanilla out of that, but it might be that the sweet tip was. Uh, was obscuring was the vanilla. Obscuring that for you. <laughs> it could very well be. Anyway, I enjoyed it, and I, but I just have a feeling I would have enjoyed it more if I'd been in the mood. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood for the, for the sweet tip. Maybe they should do a. They should do it with and without. That's what they should do. Uh, that way, people could choose which one they wanted. So, anyway. well, I think the original cigar that they did though was the Sweet Jane, and I think that was the yes. whole point and of I've, it. I've, and had, I've done the Sweet Jane the, before. With the different sizes. Yeah, so. I've done the Sweet Jane before, so uh, so it's pretty good. So uh, welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, and welcome to uh, Greg Duxakis. Um, what what is going on with your company? It, it's been a uh, uh, it's been an explosion of stuff, hasn't it? We're out of control. Yeah, we can't be stopped. <laughs> we are out of control. Well, uh, so Maison Ferran is the parent company. So you own Plantation Rum, but there's also it is. Is rum the bigger part of what you guys sell internationally, or is the the cognac and all, all of that oh, stuff? It is uh, now a by, part? by volume. The, the, by hand, volume, hands rum? down, rum. Okay. 
yeah, plantation. Uh, um, if we're getting into the numbers of it all, we probably, it's Plantation as our biggest mover, and then after that, it's Citadel, our, our mm-hmm. gin, and then after that, it would definitely be the Cognac. But, I mean, that, that, listen, we are the number 14 biggest Cognac producer out of, like, 187 of them, which we're proud of. But when you look at, like, the top three or five, it's, like, they're way yeah. up there. They, yeah. they, like, they like to tease us and tell us they sell in one day what, uh, what we do all year. <laughs> but we like to think that we're putting a little bit more uh, something more thoughtfulness into our, uh, our products here, right. our cognacs, I should say. You know, I don't think our goal is to become the biggest. Our goal is always just to be one of the best. Right, yeah, right. For sure. Well, it reminds me of when I was driving in today, I saw a billboard, and it was the Texas flag, uh, but it was for Bud Light. So in the place where the star would be of the Texas flag, there was a Bud Light can. And then in the place where the red and the white were, it said, brewed in Houston, brewed in Houston. And then there was some kind of finer print along the bottom, and I, I couldn't didn't quite have time didn't to read it read. as I drove past the billboard. But I'm pretty, sad, I'm pretty sure it says, brewed in Houston, with the same crappy recipe we use in St. Louis. Right. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what it said. So to your point about cognac, it isn't necessarily that you wanted to be the biggest. You just wanted to be, you wanted to put out something you could be really proud of. I was wondering where you were going with that. Yeah. See See how it came back around? Yeah. 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 So... Uh, yes, I mean, well, I mean, look, and it's not always just about being the best thing that we're better than this and better than that. We just want to always put out the best product we possibly can. Alexander loves to tell a story about his mentor. Uh, um, uh, uh, his name, his name was Pierre, but it wasn't 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 that Pierre. Wasn't that uh, Pierre? Yeah, from, yeah, yeah. His his mentor. Uh, when he once told him uh, when when Alexander like first you know produced you know by his own hand and bottling some cognacs and, and you know what do you think? He's like, it's good. He's like, awesome. Good is not good enough. Nice. It has to be great, you know. And so that's everything that we do. Uh, we we kind of shoot for that every time. Is it the best that we could have possibly done with this? Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting a big kick out of the uh, uh, out, just out of the label of this Ferran Renegade. Well, shall we taste? Let's do. Let's taste. I, I didn't mean to send you there if that wasn't your first uh, item. No, no. Let's say. Oh. Listen, it's your show yeah. <laughs> for now. <laughs> It's funny, that's the same thing that Alan Denny says when he's on the show. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Speaking of Alan Denny, by the way, uh, he will be guest hosting the show with me uh, next week. I had a cigar Ian's, with him last Ian night. Ian is going to be out of town. Actually, it's going to be a double dose of Alan because he's going to co-host the show with me next week. And then the following week, we're going to be down at his uh, Galveston Island Cigar yes. Lounge uh, hanging out with our friend Trenton from Oliva. So uh, that's going to be a That's going to be a fun show as well. So the Ferran Renegade is... It says here, double maturation in oak and Jamaican rum barrel for plantation rum number three. And this is, I don't know, this just looks beautiful. The, the you, guy on the label has a, a mighty and wonderful where, what, what happened to Mr. Twirly gig? Well, usually when we have this many people, he just kind of has to sit over okay. there on the side. Because I uh, thought maybe y'all killed another one. I said, y'all, no, kill, no. y'all, kill, y'all kill one more Twirly gig, and then Dateline's going to get a hold of this show, man. <laughs> I right. could put him over here so he can no, stare okay. at we, you. We, we, yeah, right. Mr. Twirly guy has googly uh, eyes. <laughs> mm, mm. Hey, he's a little sensitive right. about his eyes being googly. So this is a brand new product, right? Brand new product. It just landed in Houston uh, uh, actually last week, and it's not much of it at all. But, um, and well, you know, fingers crossed I might get some more in the future, but for right now this is what I have. Um, so let me, a little bit about the Renegade Barrel. This is our third one, Sante. Mm-hmm. 
clink. What a, what a cheerful noise. It is a wonderful uh, noise, isn't so it? So uh, a little note about the Renegade Barrel series. We started off with Renegade Barrel number one, uh, I think about four years ago, where we did that Sauterne cask uh, aging on the cognac. And then we did Renegade Barrel number two, which was chestnut cask finish. And we couldn't even call that one cognac because by law, in order to call it cognac, it has to be aged in some sort of oak barrel, usually French. Um, but it can contain other French spirits or wines, but it can't, if it contains anything else at any time, you can't legally call it cognac. So on that chestnut cask, we called it Eau de Vie de Vaughan, made with Ferran Cognac, and we're doing the same thing here. With and this. You, you brought that on the show before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so, but, so this is not technically a cognac. But it essentially is based on technically based on what the juice is. No, right? it's not. Only because yeah. there's a little small print rule in the book that says mm-hmm. we can't call it that. But for all intents and purposes, this is made exactly the same way that we are making cognac. It's going to be the same Grand Champagne uh, uh, territory, uh, grown grapes of uh, mostly. Uh, usually, everything we do is going to be 100% uh, only Blanc. Every now and then, we mix in a little bit of Colombard. Um, but uh, it's going to be the same uh, Charente uh, uh, pot stills. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be the same aging process. Just the only difference is, is this one is going to spend a little bit of time in barrels from Jamaica that once held uh, uh, um, uh, rum from uh, Long Pond. That's our, one of our distilleries that we own in partnership with the Jamaican government mm-hmm. uh, in Jamaica. So this is kind of in, uh, this is a plantation inverted, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So if you think about it, every plantation is going to be rum that's going to spend some time in the cognac barrels in France. We flip the script here, and now this is going to be cognac. It's going to spend some time so in the rum barrel. Yeah, I yeah. like it's the idea. Incredibly interesting. I, I love the nose. What it does to the finish and the nose. What I love is that Ian has already had like half of his glass. We're all, we're all here nosing it and talking about it. Ian's like, well, this is good. It's, it's like, called research. <laughs> mine seems to have evaporated. Mm-hmm. Might I have a touch more? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. It's, uh, You're right. It's all about the finish. Yeah, the finish on this is exquisite. It's so interesting. But every time I open this bottle, I feel like someone just unwrapped a, a, a dark chocolate. Not like that that cheapo dark chocolate, but like, you know, you know, 75% cocoa. I just paid $12 for this chocolate bar chocolate. Right, right. You know, I get mm-hmm. it right on mm-hmm. the nose. Big right. Time. It's really good. Uh, it's, it's really a perfect idea. Resting the cognac in the rum barrels, I just I just really like what that does to the cognac. You know what I mean? It, it's um, I don't know. It's it it's working for me. The cognac cuts through. It still has a grapiness to it. Yes. That, that but it also that has. But you get that just that touch of Jamaican to rum so funk that makes Definitely. it so interesting. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah. Just a touch. Sorry, I'm mm. like, we're, going, we're not going to pretend that Doug's not here. I was like, going, <laughs> so <laughs> Doug, once, once Adam flies the coop on us, Doug is going to be our new uh, engineer. So, uh-huh. so we got to get him used to the idea, as we have with Adam, that we try to make sure they get something to drink so they don't start asking for raises. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this is a different kind of day drink. Yeah, that's right. Yes, it is. That's a T-shirt right there, boy. <laughs> different kind of day drink. For on cognac, a different kind of day drinking. I like it. So, I like it. <laughs> so, how much? Oh, I don't know. You don't know how much the... If you uh, have to um, ask. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, guys, it's not even on the shelf yet. I, I, I got this from the warehouse at Republic uh, last week. Probably about $90. About 90 
yeah. So, and and it's, it's super limited right now. I think I got 15 cases in Houston. That's it. And, and again, fingers crossed I'll get some more later. It was, it's, uh, you know, with the global shipping situation as it is, it's just the way things work this time. But I want to back up a little bit and talk about, because uh, you said it was such a crazy idea or such a good idea about uh, aging the... Uh, the uh, cognac uh, in the rumble. Right. Yeah. That's, that's honestly where Alexander and the team is at. It's all about ideas, 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 ideas. And just, and from, from small ideas, we plant them in the ground and let it grow to where something cool happens. And it's just kind of, uh, we were talking about earlier about Iron Root, about how we feel right. such a, 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 you know, a, a kinship with them, um, is that, you know, very similar to us, they're, they're producing these fine whiskeys and bourbons, but they're not afraid to test the boundaries and mm. just push a little bit further and say, hey, what if we tried this? And, and, and uh, this is kind of a funny story, and I hope he doesn't get mad at me for telling it, but when Alexander first kind of announced to the BNIC that we would be doing uh, that first sauterne cask uh, uh, cognac, um, he was told by certain members there that you cannot do this. If you do this, you'll be a renegade. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> renegade so barrel. That's what yeah. it's called. I yeah, love. Yeah, no, I love it. And yet, what I also love is the juxtaposition of the word renegade. Mm-hmm. And then there he is, like looking not necessarily like a renegade at all, looking like a very stately, scholarly man. Well, that's that's Monsieur Eddie Ferran the uh, the eighth, and mm-hmm. we've talked about him before, and and you know his is an interesting story, uh, you know, and he was extremely influential in the world of cognac back in the 1800s, uh, when just you know commercial trade is not what it is today. Had it been, um, this would probably be a much bigger name in cognac uh, like huge like up mm-hmm. there Hennessy Cubasia huge uh, but the fact of the matter is the lineage died out in, unfortunately in World War I when Elif on the 10th his grandson died without producing an heir uh, mm-hmm. and, and actually the Fran family that we teamed up with was like a great 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 nephew of this guy or hmm, you know, interesting yeah so but uh, and, and you know even though uh, um, Maison Ferrand is a relatively new company and it runs since 1989 the Ferrand family from the lineage of the Elia Ferrand has been making cognac for over 300 years their roots run very deep no pun intended did I mention this or is fantastic it? <laughs> it's really it's it's just on that perfect line between really classy and subtle and just still very drinkable you know what i mean like like you you feel like you could just just hang with this one all night you know absolutely it's got that kind of vibe to it honestly i'm like i know they signed my paychecks but it's ama- i i am never uh, um i'm always amazed how they continue to amaze me Mm-hmm. You know, it's. I'll, I'll admit, there's been a, cu- a couple of uh, plantation uh, single casts where we do some funky finishes and that sort of thing that have not been my particular taste, but they're still very fine cognacs, uh, rums. Pardon rums, me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they're still interesting they're still and, and worth experimenting yeah. and coming up with. Though, but for know. the most part, and somebody's going to love those. Everything they throw at us, I'm still going. Damn, you've done it again. Well, you know? we talk about all the time the Isle of Fiji mm-hmm. uh, rum. Which is just so freaking good, and I'm still like, and and please don't carry this message back to your bosses, but you guys could be charging twice what you charge for that and still sell a bundle of it. Uh, it's it is so reasonably priced when you go into the rum world that that it causes me sometimes when I'm looking at the shelf, and of course I'm always having to look for new things for us to try. Right? You know what? We're so, gonna have to we're gonna have to actually quit talking about that rum yeah. because people are gonna hear about it and go, oh, I oh I need to buy some. Then we can't find it. Uh, well, we'll make then more. it becomes allocated. We'll yeah, make right. more. <laughs> well, whenever <laughs> I go teasing. and I look at a rum that's like you know say fifty fifty five dollars, I realize I could buy two Isle of Fiji's for this. Two. 
Like it, it's, yeah. so it makes it harder sometimes to shell out the big bucks on the uh, on the more expensive well, rum. We got big buck rum also. Yeah. I know, and, and, and <laughs> your big buck rum is good. Believe me, it, it's really good. But this, if this is right around ninety dollars uh, retail, yeah, well worth it. That's because that's a special, it's so, incre- it's so incredibly drink. interesting. Yeah, would you spend one hundred and fifty for it? You know, I'd be less likely to. Because this guy to. is 150. I'd Let's be try less, him. I'd be less likely to, but I I wouldn't say no. Those, you know, those uh, those guys on the picture on the front look related. That's the same guy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, well, this guy just here. got Turnerized. Remember when Turner was was colorizing yeah, all Turner the uh, movies? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, hey, you know what? Why I'm pouring this? I would be interested in getting Chelsea. Uh, oh wow, Kelsey's tish. Look, <laughs> she just got that big. I said Chelsea. It's Kelsey. Kelsey. Like Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Like Kelsey Grammer. I'd be interested in your take on this particular cognac since it's air, uh, aged in rum barrels. It's really, it's, there's a bit of spiciness to it, mm-hmm. and I think that comes from the Jamaican rum, yes. but then, like, the finish is just, like, it's just smooth and nice, and everything just, like, just settles inside of your, inside of your throat. It's just, it's just nice. Why haven't we been letting her talk more? She sounds great. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. When, when you just hear, like, the way, the tone of her voice and the accent, it's like, really? the three of us just really need to shut up. This is what I'm going to say. I warned her. That she's going to have to jump in there. <laughs> and I'm going to tell a story. I, I grew up with two older brothers, and, and, and my wife always asks, why do I eat so fast all the time? I grew up with two older brothers. If you don't eat fast, you, you don't, don't eat. eat. Yeah. So if you don't talk fast, you ain't going to eat this table, yeah, kid. Yeah, that's okay. true. Ian had to Especially learn that. with these two. Ian had to learn that when we first started the show. I told him, look, I'll just keep talking. You just have to butt in. That's just, that's just what I do. I'll just keep talking. So, but, so the, first, the first, like, 25 episodes... Everything I said was, and now you have much more thoughtful yes, yes, and yes. well prepared content. Actually, uh, what I decided is uh, when I finally started figuring out how to interrupt you, I just decided I would say the most bizarre things I could come up with. Yeah. If I could get you to stop and, and be speechless works, for a and moment, that worked really well. Actually, that's a win. That yeah. worked really, really well. <laughs> uh, all right. So the difference between what we just had, the Renegade, and this one that you're pouring now is what? This one is a single cask cognac, which we never, ever, 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 ever do. We except for that one time. You guys, (laughs) (laughs) I was in college. (laughs) That's a different show altogether. Okay. Uh, We, well, we, we've talked all the time about, about how there's an art to blending, and that's mm-hmm. what cognac is. It's not about, uh, okay, when was this uh, uh, made, uh, how old is it? Uh, um, it's, it's about the art of the blend. Uh, and we've gone a different direction here, something we've never done before. Uh, and we did it this past year, and this is an exclusive over at Specs. Mr. Reedman over at Specs picked this out himself. Hmm. And this is uh, the Ferran Single Cask. Um, and it doesn't have a, a surname. We're just calling it the Ferran Single Cask Collection. Uh, but this particular one uh, was distilled in 2011. Um, only 276 bottles <coughs> were produced out from one cask. This one is going to have some extra aging in Banyuls barrels. Banyuls is a French dessert wine, very sweet and pretty rare. You don't find it that often. Um, but we do, actually, we have a second product very similar to that. It's the red box one, the double cask, mm-hmm. uh, the Ferran double cask. But this is everything that's nice about that particular blend. 
and just intensified. This is like the, this is a, 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 I hate to use that steroids thing because it's such a cliche, but this is just something that's, it's it's the uh, apex of that particular. This goes to 11. This goes, this one goes to 11. So this one, uh, the, the Renegade Barrel number three is delicious. It's different. I really enjoy it. I think this is one of I, the finest Cornacs we've ever done. The, the nose on this, mm-hmm. you were talking about that dark chocolate uh, kind of smell, and then oh yeah, like a dark cherry kind of something going on, and then the, grape, the, and then absolutely. Mm. And it, this one, this one to me, and this is the only way I can put it. It smells like France. It smells like, well, it smells like cognac in France. It doesn't smell like Paris. It's a different smell altogether. (laughs) (laughs) It smells like like I'm I'm in cognac. It smells like I'm walking through one of our aging cellars. It smells like I'm walking through the kitchens of Bombonnet. That's our chateau out there. It just smells like France to me. There's an earthiness to the smell, too, that's... Uh, I get a little bit of black pepper, for sure. Uh, Oh, you sure get it on the palate when you... When you take that first sip, yeah, black sure. pepper on the tongue, big time. Yeah. The cocoa notes are there, but they're not as uh, pumped up like they are inside that uh, Renegade barrel, because I do believe that the rum uh, barrel finish really takes those cocoa notes wow. and brings them out more. Mm-hmm. This is more what people uh, uh, ex- or cognac drinkers are going to be expecting from cognac, uh, just so much more of it, where I think the Renegade barrel number three is going to be something that they're not expecting because they don't know what to expect, if that makes sense. This is spectacular. It really, this is, this is when, you know, there's the, there's a certain category of spirit at our house that's set aside for like something really particularly great happens. We're going to have some of that tonight, like a a celebration sort of, and this would fall into that category for me. This would be the break it out when it's time to celebrate. This has a warmth and a depth of character that's almost awe-striking, I have to say. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. I, I was actually very uh, leery about doing some uh, single cask cognacs because I feel like there's so many nice bourbons out there that they'll they'll do like a single cask one, and it's just sometimes it's just a bit much. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, okay, I, I like what you were doing before, but this we're just gonna have to tone it down a little bit. This, this is this not came just, out just this lovely. Right. This is not just okay. We cranked up the proof. This this has got so much more complexity in it, and and it's uh, boy the. The dark I'm just, chocolate I'm just note trying is to, just wonderful. I'm just trying to parse out what I'm tasting. The just what's left on your lips, which mm-hmm. is sweet yeah. and amazing, is absolutely. Fantastic. I feel like I could just. This is smell like this all day. This, yeah. this, yeah. this makes a lot of other cognacs look like the picture in the book, but when you go see the real actual painting by Magritte <laughs> or whoever, yeah. right, right, you notice the difference. That's, this yeah. is very, what that is. This very, is like looking at the actual, very well put work of art. So, Kelsey, what's it like to intern for a company that's that's putting out stuff like this? I mean, do, do interns get to taste stuff? Of course. Well, I would think it'd be part of the, you know. I, I can step outside if you need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> of course. It's great. Yeah. It's really great. And, like, I'm just amazed by how many, how many products they have. Right. It's just like, guys, how can you come up with so many ideas, like, all the time? But it's just really great. All of their products are great quality. Having been to Doc's house... And having stood before his altar of plantation rum, that's what I call it. I don't know if that's what you call it, but it's like, it's a, it's, it's just mind. It, you're just in awe seeing all the bubbles, and that's just the rum, right? You don't have like the cognacs and stuff there. The cognac. Well, I, I keep the cognacs downstairs. Right, and, uh, right. Yeah. So yeah, the only thing like more grandiose than that at his house was mm-hmm. his Christmas lights. The Disney Christmas that, lights. That, you know, like when he turns on, it sags the whole neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like, yeah. See, and that's, the, the, that's what happened to the Texas power grid true. during the storm. It was, you had the Christmas lights on. That's you ever see that? You ever see that uh, home improvement episode where he puts up all the Christmas yeah, lights? Yeah. It's like that. I remember we for the longest time the lot across the street from us was empty, and they finally built the house, and someone finally bought it. And when they moved in, I was like, "Hi, neighbor. Hope you like Christmas lights." <laughs> Uh, I just think of uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase putting the lights on. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was that was one of those classic scenes. So. I get yelled at. I've never seen it. Uh, you have never seen, seen it. I always get yelled at about that. I've no, never seen no. it. Seriously, if if you're Mr. Christmas Lights guy on your block, you gotta see that movie. I know. Watch it yeah. tonight. Watch We're, it tonight. Chevy Chase gets on my nerves. I, agreed. I'm not a fan. I miss. I, I, like I miss. This I miss I mean, this is Chevy not Chase. spies like us. I miss right? Chevy Chase. Uh, I, I agree. You, 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 this one's worth watching, though. Okay. This one's worth watching. Yeah. All right. Tell you what. If you come to my party this next year, thank you, Ian. You're a good friend. If you come to okay, my party wait, this okay, year, okay. Wait a second. <laughs> I didn't know about your party till after it was over. How's that possible? Because I don't go on Facebook. Do you guys not talk? You oh. work together for crying out loud. Oh no, I didn't tell him on purpose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I, I did tell him. I told him about an hour before the party. I was like, you're not going to the party? He's like, what? like, more rum for me. <laughs> See, here's the thing, though. He still has not gotten over that very first bottle of Isla Fiji rum. That's true. Because you guys sent sent the bottle for the show. You're, uh, you're, I don't Again, know I assumed you guys talked. Well, that we bottle, do. That, I didn't even know that bottle existed until the show. Right. Wow. We do. I, 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 I brought it in for the show. And I then just, that bottle didn't exist by that point. Right. I, I, I brought it in for the I, show. I still there hold was, you responsible, There too. was just only enough left for the show by the time I brought it in. And then I told Ian about it, and he still... He still he whines about it to this day. I've bought him a bottle since then, and he still whines about it. I don't, I don't, so I think he is not telling me about your party. I'm just was, saying you bought uh, me one revenge. bottle of Isle Fiji. When we did the malt liquor taste test, I brought you, how many bottles did I bring you? Oh, I mean, it yeah. was like seven. I don't know. How, how, how many days was I still burping malt liquor? That's that's the real question. That's the real question. We I've told this story before, but we did when during the first part of the pandemic. When we were doing shows via Zoom, right? Yeah. We had a uh, we had a, a guest uh, on from um, uh, the guys that do the cigar malt. I'm blanking. Jura uh, from Jura and uh, Dalmore. Uh, Dalmore. Jura and uh, for the uh, Dalmore, yeah. Uh, so we had our guest on from the Dalmore, and I actually went and bought a bottle of it, which is like 150 dollars. Yeah, the, the cigar, cigar malt, malt yeah. uh, uh, whiskey. It's a beautiful it's whiskey. Wonderful, beautiful wonderful whiskey. whiskey. So I went and bought it, and then we were doing the show on Skype. So I poured half of the bottle into a I like to call it a decanter Ian likes to call it a sprite bottle uh, but uh, but I poured I poured half of the bottle it was in a sprite bottle I, I put half of the bottle into a bottle and left it at the front of my building Ian came by and picked it up that way we could both when we did the show we could both sample and taste right so uh, it was and it was absolutely delicious it was a very enjoyable show the next week we were doing a malt liquor blind taste test and Ian said I'll handle getting the malt liquor and he went out and picked up the malt liquor and dropped off a bunch of it at my house so we could both a bunch of it taste, not half of taste. a bottle of malt liquor poured into a sprite, sprite bottle yeah right <laughs> a exactly. sprite bottle yeah he, so he likes to say, I gave him half a bottle. He gave me like nine bottles. And I like to say, yeah, but it was Old English, for God's sake. Speckled hen or whatever that I did, stuff I did is. actually take your uh, take the cigar malt and pour it into a decanter before I, I took it on the show. That was that was the plan. I just didn't have a decanter. That would have been awesome. This, uh, 
this cognac is unbelievable. It really so is. This, this one, is, if you're telling me this retails for 150, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say totally, totally worth it. Absolutely mm-hmm. worth it. And it's a, it's a cool looking package too. It's, it's something that's, uh, uh, um, it's got Elifer on the eighth row on the label. It, 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 it looks like it tastes. It's noble. Uh, it's just a, it's a beautiful spirit, and and you can only get it at Specs. So this separate. was a Specs choice, yeah. but so that means you can only get it there. But it also means they should have this, correct? They have it. Uh, in fact, uh, 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 Kelsey and I were there earlier this week, and I yeah. went to the shop, and they were out. I go, oh, I know you didn't sell all of it yet. I know it's good, but they they just got it like in, in like uh, January, and so we had to take the elevator of doom up to uh, the second floor. <laughs> I've been there to uh, to go uh, go scrounging for it because as lovely as our bottles are. Our, our, our cases for special stuff are just plain white cases and there's uh, like a yeah. thousand plain white cases out there so we wow. had to go find it and yeah. get it back on the shelf but thank goodness we did and, and and you can find it you know for our listeners up in the Dallas and Austin San Antonio area you'll find it at the bigger specs as well okay. yeah. Good it's, awesome, it's, it's totally worth it Ga- gaze upon that bottle and know what you're looking for it's the cognac single cask Selection distilled in 2011. Yeah, and, and the Renegade Bell number delicious. three, it just dropped. Uh, I'm pretty sure NASA is going to bring it in. Uh, uh, we showed it to her uh, uh, yesterday. Um, oh, oh, I know. Uh, if you're out there on the northwest side, out there in the Cyprus, it's the MR Liquors on Grant. He's bringing in a case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And that's the Renegade you're talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and that's going to be also hard to find. Uh, why don't you guys make more? It's fantastic. It's going to sell like crazy. What keeps the quantity so low on it? You know, that's an excellent question. Uh, I, I think it's because you can only sustain so much regular product. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're doing special things like this, we can only use so much cognac because we still have, you know, the 1840 to produce. Right. The, the ombre to, to produce. Mm-hmm. The Celeste des Anges, the Legendaire, uh, the, the Reserve Double Cask. You know, we are essentially, you know, except for the single cask right here, we're using the same ingredients for those cognacs that we are right. for this cognac, just different right. ages and different blends. Yeah. So you got to save some for the products that are supposed to be there every day. Yeah, that's but, a short answer. On that by one. the way, I love when you come on the show and speak French. It's so cool, uh, and it's just way cooler than when, let's just say, Chris Hart does it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you keep mentioning this name. What is that? A Chris Hart? Ugh, it sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a cocktail, but I'm not sure what goes into it. So we'll have to. We'll have you to know look what? Into that. We need to do an entire show of celebrities or characters. That look like Chris Hart. I found a new one. Have y'all guys been watching? Ever watched Lost Kingdom? Last Kingdom? Last Kingdom? Uh, yeah, no, on Netflix. No, no uh, I haven't seen. Yeah, that. there's another because there was that one dude on Game of Thrones. It's pretty much the same character, just a little bit shorter. But you know, what, long, Peter you, the, the shock of red hair and oh. <laughs> and you know and and yeah. Had an appreciation for overproofed spirits, that kind of guy. Okay. So yeah, we'll, we'll do an entire show of Christopher Hart lookalikes. Well, uh, <laughs> that would that would be a little frightening, actually. I think it really would. All right, we got to take a break. We're going to come back. We have some beer to taste, and I assume there's more in your rolling bag of goodness. We're going to be here for a while. All right, sounds good. It's smoking and toasting, episode number two hundred and seventy-five, and we will be right back. Ooh, let the ear breathe, right? I think I, I had that idea last time I was here. We need to come up with cans. Fan, can fans. Fan cans. Can fans. Fans inside the ear. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toastin'. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. 
This week, U.S. spirits producers can finally raise a glass because the whiskey tariff is being lifted. Uh, so the drama all began in 2018 when the Trump administration put tariffs on imports of both steel and aluminum. And then the European Union, which at the time included the UK, responded with retaliatory tariffs. And as is often the case, they singled out the very American products uh, to try to hammer their point home, including American bourbon. It was a move that was estimated to have cost the U.S. whiskey industry hundreds of millions of dollars. So all those tariffs are going away now. Everything, as Docs was saying earlier, looks like it's going to be relaxing, and a lot of the proposed and future tariffs will be much less likely to go into place. And the the big the big celebration, though, is for U.S. whiskey makers, U.S. bourbon makers, who uh, it's been costing them a fortune in lost sales in uh, in the U.K. and in uh, and in the EU. So it's, this is this is a good thing to. To be celebrated in a very fantastical kind of a way. Ian has popped open the uh, can from Back Pew Brewing from right here in Houston, Texas. And uh, these guys have got the Mutton Bustin' uh, Strawberry Colch. And as Ian was pointing out during the break, Mutton Bustin' is uh, it's kind of like the kids uh, kids get to play along at the rodeo. They put them on, uh, uh, on little lambs and sheep and they have a race and the kids are all padded up and hopefully don't get uh, hurt too much by the... By the you know, rambunctious sheep. <laughs> it's it's really it's really cute. I know it's cute, right? It's, it's cute it's, to it's, watch. Yeah, it's cute. I think it's if there had been things. a significant injury by now, they would no longer be <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you can, yeah, when, <laughs> it, com- when the, it comes uh, to kids, for sure. Yeah. Here on the... yeah, you can show the mutton busting can there, um, so you can kind of get an idea what that looks like. Uh, you know. So this is mutton button, mutton button, button button, button button, mutton button, strawberry colch. A whole different. Like thing. I don't know how to say this. <laughs> All right, mutton button, strawberry colch. Uh, um, can information: twelve fluid ounces, five point five alcohol by volume, twenty two IBU. You know, it, it's interesting. I didn't get much on the nose, but then I, I like went to take a sip. I didn't actually take the sip. But I got closer to it with my mouth, and that's when, that's when I got hit by the strawberry. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's just sure. right before the strawberry is subtle, like unless you really, really agitate it, you don't get but a lot of you, strawberry. If you go to take a sip right before the liquid hits your tongue, you get the strawberry. Here's the thing, though, I you got to be real close to it. I think mm-hmm. That's perfect, though, because I don't want a lot of strawberry in my beer. Right. You know? Strawberry, sure. strawberry is one of those flavors where a little bit sometimes isn't enough. But just a little bit more is way too it's much. Way too it can, much. It can yeah. go over. It's like watermelon. Hundred yeah. percent. Yes. Yeah. You can it's over. You can oversweet something with strawberry, and same thing with watermelon. Quite frankly, but no, this is. I really like the balance of this, and what I love most about it is it's got that wonderful Kolsch crispness that just makes it kind of almost snap at the end of the finish. Yes, I okay. like it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't like it. Mm. So what is it that you don't like? It's. Uh, it's it's watery, it's crisp, and it's got a kiss of strawberry, but that's all it has to me. Like there's no I don't I don't taste the balance. There's You're a little bit the of barley a, in there? There's a little bit of barley kind of bitter bite in the aftertaste that's mm. not really happy to me. But that's just me. Yeah, I, I kind of like it. What about you, Doc? Do you like it? I, I'm going to buy some. <laughs> okay, yeah, see, everyone's, everyone's different on these things, I liked you know. It. I really uh, did. 
Kelsey, what do you think? I like I don't like bear, but I like this. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. okay. See, well, well, maybe I'm it's getting, I'm getting voted down. Well, here. maybe <laughs> maybe it's just not quite beerish yeah. enough for you. Yeah, this you know? uh, yeah. this to me is is there's not enough body to it. I think is what it really boils down to. I'm just not uh, that's not satisfying to me. Kolsch in general is a very sort of light, crisp style of I beer. I do like a lot of Kolsch yeah. beers though. Those yeah. like the Allstadt Kolsch. I think yeah, it's good, absolutely mm-hmm. masterful. There's a uh, uh, Klaus makes their cold mm-hmm. which is fantastic. I kind of dig this though. It's got it's different. It's got that little insult or ins- insert any other German name here and put right. Kolsch in front of it. <laughs> There's actually quite a few good uh, Kolsch's out there. I, I do I do though think that they got the strawberry just right. I agree 100. Yeah. percent I will say the strawberry is not overpowering, and that's mm-hmm. a nice definitely thing. not. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, well, good stuff. Uh, all right. So we're going to keep this uh, break purposefully short because when we come back we're going to do some uh, more spirit tasting. We also have another beer to taste. Our next one is a black IPA from Stone. Now I don't know if there's a, a brewery in the country that knows IPA better than Stone Brewing. Well, when you think Stone you think IPA. That's yeah, just you, the truth. You really do and they've, they've put so many of them out. They've all been terrific so we'll try their take on a black IPA. Now usually you, when you have the black beers uh, unless it's a stout or a porter or something like that, it's usually a black lager. That's yeah. much more common. You don't see black ales nearly as often. So yeah, no, uh, no label makes their uh, black lager, and there's a few others. Ugly that... Pug out of Rar and Sons oh, yeah, in uh, Fort Worth one, is a yeah. great black lager. Great. Quite frankly, Shiner Black is delicious. Shiner Black, Shiner uh, black is good. For whatever reason, there's something in that Shiner Black that that doesn't jive with my taste buds and i don't know exactly what it is that's just one of those things all right well we'll try the black ale from uh our friends at stone brewing coming up next and what do you got up your sleeve uh docs what's next for you uh we're gonna go we're, we're gonna go straight on rum oh. something new something not oh. so new <laughs> <laughs> something borrowed something blue well we'll see what well. Day, we'll see how the date goes <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll be back with it next it's smoking and toasting Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. All good things. We are on show number 275. Uh, We have uh, Greg Doxakis and Kelsey are uh, both here from uh, Plantation Rums and Maison Ferrand. We're tasting great spirits. We're going to get to more of those in a moment. We're going to open with a beer, and while Ian opens up the black I wanna, IPA. I wanna, uh, you know, normally, that would be my cue to make the clinking yes, sounds exactly. and actually mm-hmm. make the beer opening sounds, which I do using authentic uh, props only. Yes. Right? They, yeah. But we're, this, I just we're very organic here at Smoke On this uh, Stone, and Stone does this with a lot of their beers. They they have it written upside down on the bottom of the label. So mm-hmm. you, so you have to turn the beer up, uh, upside down to read and it. And it yeah. says, leave no stone unturned, because they want you to gently right, right. turn so the beer it, just to make yeah. sure any sediment and things yeah, like that. Mixed in. Just how often do people end up with stone IPA on their shoes because they forget the cap is off and all of a sudden they want to read the back of the cereal box? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like maybe this may have it happened depends to you. on how Ducks. many you've had before you're, <laughs> right. before you're opening this bottle. Oh, what but did you anyway, say? <laughs> uh, as you were saying to your lead-up. Uh, yes, I was saying uh, that we will be getting to spirits in a moment, but we're going to be opening with Stone's Black IPA. And what's it Sublimely Self-Righteous? Is that Sublimely the Self-Righteous uh-huh. Black IPA. So while Ian is uh, pouring that, I will mention to you that uh, the U.S. Embassy in Havana 
uh, has been effectively closed since September of 2017 uh, when the um, the embassy staffing there was drastically reduced following uh, reports of neurological injuries to CIA and State Department personnel on the island. Since then, uh, what, that what's been called the Havana Syndrome has morphed into a worldwide phenomena, which isn't isolated to Cuba. And so, uh, long story short, the U.S. Embassy in Havana is going to begin limited resumption of some immigrant visa services as part of the broader expansion of the embassy's functions uh, to facilitate diplomatic and civil society engagement and to expand the provision of consular services. And of course I'm reading that because that's not how I talk. But uh, the the fact is we're taking a, another baby step towards normalizing those uh, relations once again. And I liked when it was, I think, was back under the Obama administration. It had gotten to the point where you could, if you were visiting Cuba, you could bring back Cuban cigars for, or Cuban cigars, Cuban rum, for your own consumption. You couldn't bring them back to sell in the U.S. Yeah, and the, a, the floodgates amount, weren't yeah. open. But, uh, yeah, there was a uh, there was a, uh, the ability for you to bring back Cubans for yourself. And uh, that, that really... Not Cubans, but Cuban cigars. Cuban cigars, thank you. Uh, so uh, I'm hoping that we can move back towards something like that. Although, I will admit... These days, I'd almost just rather have a Nicaraguan well, cigar than a Cuban. So, so there's a there's a there's a truth in this. Remember again, and we've talked about this before, but back mm -hmm. in the '80s and '90s, if yes. you talked about beer to anybody who was into beer, right. they would immediately tell you that your beer is no good because you can only get good beer in Germany, in Germany and in, surrounding yeah. area, and yeah. that's the only place you can get good beer. And no matter what beer you had, it wasn't as good as what they had once. <laughs> At a pub. When they were at a yeah. pub, and uh, yeah, right. exactly, and, and and that's okay because there's there's some truth to that, and it hangs on for for way longer than it should have. But here's the truth: right now, a lot of people, uh, a lot of the breweries and um, places in Germany are making American styles because they're like they've been passed up yeah, in a lot that's of ways, right. it's been and, and, and that's not meaning that they make bad beer. It just means that like style wise, they've been passed up, and they're going, mm -hmm. "Wow, there's a lot more to this, and we can make it." And I think what happens is. Uh, the cigar industry ran under the same thing. You can only get good cigars from Cuba. And then we had that embargo for so many years that it became mythological proportions. Right. Like, if you got a Cuban cigar, it didn't matter if it was a good Cuban cigar or a mediocre Cuban like, cigar. It was a Cuban, a Cuban. cigar, yeah. so you can't get it. Therefore, it's amazing. Right. Right? Uh, but what people don't realize is Cubans make outstanding cigars. They also make bad cigars. Right. And they make everything in between. Mm -hmm. So it really does depend on the cigar you're getting. And Absolutely. then there's so many problems with uh, counterfeiting mm -hmm. and things like that that what you think might be a Cuban cigar, yeah, yeah. yeah. May, might not maybe, anyway. May not yeah, that, that Cuban cigar that you bought uh, in, in, uh, in, in, what's it, uh, in, oh. God, I'm losing words. Like yeah, I lose in, my keys. In the Virgin Islands and stuff. No, yeah. even worse than that. Uh, no. Cancun. 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 There, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the uh, at the little hut on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah that's probably not a Cuban. Not a Cuban. Probably not a Cuban. Too many stems and seeds. <laughs> um, so, uh, so this is the uh, self righteous black oh, IPA. I want to tell you this. This smells like this smells like you took uh, malt. Mm -hmm. And dumped it into a bunch of uh, uh, pine uh, pitch and I'm pine that's cones. Pretty much what it is. It's it's because stone it smells so piney. Stone knows <laughs> how to put these, these very dank IPAs together, and yet the 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 maltiness of this one is oh, this is much roasted coffee. Mm -hmm. 
Like all up front. What do you think? You're making a face over there. Can we go back to the mutton busting? This <laughs> <laughs> is not your flavor. But profile. you're not an IPA guy, are you? I'm not an IPA guy. Yeah, Though yeah. I think the last time I was on, we had one that uh, uh, that I did not hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What about you? You're not a beer person, so I'm guessing. Definitely no. I'm guessing this isn't <laughs> to your taste. Well, Ian, no. it reminds me when uh, one of my uh, one of my wife's girlfriends was over at the house, and mm-hmm. um, was she sick? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this this is, this is quite a few years ago, anyway. And she's like, she's they were, they were drinking. I think they were drinking mixed drinks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she looks at me. She's like, "What are you drinking?" Because I was pouring something that looked basically like this into a glass. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is blah blah blah, whatever it is, you know, craft beer." And she goes, can I try it? I said, sure. So I poured a little into her cup, and she takes a sip, and she looks at it, and she goes, that tastes like poison. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that statement. That just tastes like poison. I don't know. This, uh, this, this is tastes like poison to you? unapologetically stone. No this kidding. This is unapologetically pine coney. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ridiculous, but it also has this huge coffee ridiculousness mm-hmm. going all through the beginning of it. That takes a lot of that bite out of it. Now it doesn't doesn't take away any of the aftertaste. You guys are yeah. probably still suffering from that first sip. <laughs> yeah, because no, it is a strong aftertaste. I, I don't think it lingered that hard at all. Uh, no, I, I, it's 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 pretty intense stone. I, I actually, in as hardcore as this is, I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I had really a feeling, like Mike. There's something. It's so interesting. What actually like lights you up? From an IPA standpoint, and I kind of had a feeling you were going to like. Well, this. this one has so much in the front end of the flavor that, right. that sometimes those overly pine coney hoppy things don't. Like mm-hmm. you just you end up not having much in the front, and then all of a sudden you have all this hop that's just pine cone ridiculous. It is very malty, that's for sure. Very much more so, so. than your typical IPA. Well, <laughs> that's the look on Doc's face. Yeah. There's no so, there's no hiding when you don't like it. <laughs> yeah. So Doc is going to pour himself a little more of the mutton busting for a, a palate cleanser. Uh, so Doc, I see you pulled out two. Uh, I love these um, these tall bottles of plantation rum with the uh, you know with the uh, little uh, straw things. Uh, what do you call these straw harness things here? Uh, it's it's raffia raffia straw. Okay. I, I don't raffia know what we straw. actually call the wrap or, or the the uh, actual uh, um, uh, doing doing the wrap, but it's raffia raffia straw. R A F F I A. Okay. Well, the raffia and the tall bottle usually mean something very means interesting. More money, more money, yeah. more money. <laughs> means something very interesting is about to happen. And more flavor. And so. I see a single cask Guatemalan uh-huh. and a Fiji Island single cask. So tell us, yeah. tell us about these. Are these are these limited releases? They are extremely limited releases, and these were uh, selected by uh, some people who know rum rather well in this uh, uh, city. But uh, well, before I go into that, though, what strikes you about that, about what the original source are of these rums? What do they have in common? Or what do they not have in common? Well, uh, they are, they're, they're both single cask, mm-hmm. uh, but they're from different areas. One's from Fiji uh-huh. Island, the other is Guatemalan uh, rum. I'll bet you the girl from Barbados can tell you what they don't, what they aren't, what they what, aren't. What are they not, Kelsey? They're not from the Caribbean. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Because yeah. uh, you got Guatemala and Fiji, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, so non, non-Caribbean uh, destination. See, I set her up there and she missed the shot. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell she's all broken up about it. <laughs> so, so this is, uh, are most rums from the Caribbean? Absolutely. Think about what it, yeah, what percentage would you say? Like, Oh, I don't know. Uh, like better than 80%? 
I would say so, yeah. Okay. Probably. I mean, when you factor in what they're the top rum producing com- uh, uh, regions of the world, you know, uh, uh, Barbados and Jamaica aside, Trinidad, Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Cuba. Right. You know, uh, uh, but I think, you know, one thing that we've always uh, um, sort of been proud of with, I know we are very proud of it with, with, uh, with Plantation, is it's always been a demonstration in the Towa of rum. And the further you get out from the Caribbean, the more that uh, Towa seems to take its own course and become its, its own thing there. And really, and it's I almost real just differences. hit Kelsey right in the head yeah. right there. I had to stop. So. Uh, we need a bigger studio. <laughs> So, smoking. Uh, uh, we need to go back to the house. So anyway, um, so let's chase some of these, shall we? Let's yeah. do, let's, yes. Let's start with this one start right with here. Fiji. This is the Fiji Islands, and the finish on this one, or I should say the, 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 the tertiary aging on this, is going to be Mars uh, uh, whiskey casks, Mars uh, mm. Japanese whiskey. Mm, very yeah, interesting. This yeah. was selected by the guys over at Anvil, or their group over there, uh, Bobby Hugel, Terry mm. Williams, and Tommy. Tommy Hose, who runs the Anvil. Um, I said the Anvil. What am I, the 80 anvil. years old? <laughs> they run oh, the Anvil. anvil. <laughs> Bobby the Hugel, who owns the Anvil. Yeah, he, <laughs> you can search him on the Google. <laughs> on the Google. I read about them on the Facebook. I, I always say the Google because I just think it sounds funny. Yeah. I'm going to take, so <laughs> take so much crap for that. That's <laughs> right. Definitely. So Anvil is one of those places. Anvil is the first place I ever had a Stone IPA. Because they have the anvil has those um, those taps that aren't marked, but they're numbered, and then yeah. the big chalkboard that says what's what number. And I went in there, went, there were like four stone IPAs. I was like, well, I guess I'm gonna have to try all four. So, of them. I, I, speaking of stone IPA, we just tried that sublimely self righteous um, while he's pouring. Wiki Brian, who I personally know does mm-hmm. not like IPAs in general. He is like mm-hmm. the anti IPA guy. Says that this is delicious. Oh, really? The yeah. sublimely self-righteous. Yeah. And he, you're right. He's not an IPA guy. I recall that from the past. So, uh, so very, very interesting. Okay. Um, so this is um, what? What is the difference between this and your, you know, your standard, much less expensive Isle of Fiji? Where do they? Where do so they diverge? The Isle of Fiji is going to be a blend of uh, pot still and column still rums. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is all. <laughs> He's making it easy. Yeah. Okay. Does, do, do you like maple syrup? <laughs> Pot still and column still uh, rums mixed together uh, for the, the Isle yeah, of Fiji. That's the Isle of Fiji. But uh, this is actually going to be um, all triple column still rum here. Uh, and this is all, of course, from the same rum company of Fiji. But what makes this one different, of course, it's going to be much older rum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the dosage on this one is zero, where we're using 16 grams per liter in the Isle of Fiji. Uh, and also the proof on this one is 102, I believe. I'm going to double check my yeah, math here. Um, I'm not it's surprised. It's almost 101. It's almost 101. But again, that triple aging in the Japanese whiskey cask is something that that's the unique point right there. You're not Mm going to find that anyplace. I bet this goes great with waffles. Why? Because of the maple syrup. You're getting maple on that? Really? You should see a doctor, man. You yeah. didn't like that strawberry beer. Is it getting just me? me? This is this is probably the coolest thing on the nose, like yeah. ever. Yeah. I mean, I, I, actually, I got more maple on that last cognac. After it is, is it just my glass? Mm, yeah, probably because mine is does not. You got you got some? Did you have maybe a little you need cognac? A fresh glass? Glass, yeah. yeah. This that's one, why. This one's that's pretty mapley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? You're blaming my nose. I am. I am loving the nose on this, though. I will tell you, this is. This is the first time my nose has been blamed. (laughs) 
I need to see it. By the way, there. that initial glass. Oh, that, that you smells poured, much different. Yeah. Okay, good. I was like, on maple. Yeah. Is, that initial, this guy doesn't know anything. That initial <laughs> glass that you poured him that has maple on the nose. Let's not let that go to waste. This is uh, this is going to be too. Yeah, Sean, you can yeah. put that over here. Yeah. I'm, sure. I'm so, sure at some point in time I'll do something. To with me, it. this smells. Uh, like somebody is distilling something. I don't want to say it smells like a distillery. It smells like uh, uh, um, you know when you walk through a huge distillery. It's just that 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 general aura there. That's the what it smells like. Grain in the air. The, 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 you hit it right there. There's an un, there's a grain dust kind of. I've seen this with some of our uh, uh, our ten generations cognac, where there's this unexplicable, inexplicable uh, grainness to it. And there's no grain in the production here. This is uh, all distilled from molasses, of course, like all of our rums. Yeah. But it's still there. This and that's got to be from the uh, from the, from the Mars cask. This reminds me why I love rum so much. This is just like, to me, this is like a celebration of what's great about this spirit. Yeah. All just kind of in one glass. It's delicate, but just just so so. I don't want to say fierce, but it's just it's it's just so bold, but delicate, um, and and just a tiny, tiny, tiny right there in the middle it's, of the tongue. It's almost like it's like a little drop of mint in there. Mm-hmm. It's it's this is like the Isle of Fiji, but just kind of like jacked up, going to eleven. This is this is like like someone very soft. I respectfully with disagree. A very very definite purpose. Okay, oh. so so tell me why you you don't think that's because the case. I think I'm getting elements from this that I don't get from the Isle of Fiji. That now we do have some Fiji uh, uh, um, vintages on the market still that you can find at, at places like uh, um, actually right down the road there at uh, Rice Liquor in Bel Air. Um, mm-hmm. Up there on the north side, you have uh, Ryan's Liquor. Uh, they all carry these vintages, but and don't forget, of course, uh, uh, Lee's Liquor downtown. But um, there is just elements. On this rum that you're just not going to get from our other Fiji rums, and some of the some, and I think a, a little bit of it's subtle, but honestly, some of it it's not. I don't get that that graininess from our other Fiji rums. I get it from this one. There's a slight saltiness to it. So this one, I don't know if it's on the shelves anywhere. Uh, we may be seeing it pop up maybe at a spec store, but for right now, you can only find it at Anvil. You can find it at BLT and also at Squabble. That's uh, I don't know if you've been out to their to their. Dine, dine, there, uh, yeah. Food's phenomenal. phenomenal. Food's unbelievable. Well, actually, BLT they got good food also, but BLT's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that it's upscale bar food. It's not exactly a sit down dining situation where mm-hmm. Squabble is is very much so. Um, but just it's it's the same quality that you get from the cocktails at Anvil that you're gonna get the food at both those locations. So is this if if I go to Anvil is this gonna be like on the uh, spirit menu? Better damn well be. Okay. <laughs> so and the anvil. At the anvil. <laughs> at the anvil. At the anvil, Damn you're looking it. for Plantation Fuji Islands 2011 single cask. That's what you're looking for. There's a lesson in there, kids. Don't leave yourself open because for, one for, you, for they, those of you, they find one thing to get you, and then from then on, you're, that's gonna be it forever. Just one for, goat. That's for those all it of takes. you outside of goat. outside of the Houston area, Anvil is a. Uh, Craft cocktail bar here. In mm-hmm. Houston. I, I mean, honestly, you can credit them with the the entire uh, uh, craft movement. In, yeah, the they were the speaking. first. They were the first. They were the first one uh, in the area, and they really, really turned a lot of things. I was out. actually thinking about it just this morning. I don't know why. Uh, I was thinking about it just this morning when they first opened up, and I just remember just being genuinely excited about it. Is that? Do y'all guys remember Beavers? Beavers off there off of Washington. 
Um, I don't know if I do. That may have been before I moved back. It was sort of a modern take on barbecue, <laughs> if you will. I, I, I guess it's hard to describe. Uh, it's nouveau barbecue, I guess it mm-hmm. was. But but they were kind of like actually the first sort of craft cocktail uh, uh, um, intent, I, I guess uh, if we want to call it just a... Uh, uh, um, I just didn't think of the word here, not intensified, but just that's where this craft cocktail, like people that wanted to learn more about craft spirits and do cocktails, you know, at the best they could, it all blossomed from there. Pretty much anybody that's uh, in, in, our, in, our, in our industry locally, they did some time there. And that's where, where Bobby, uh, the owner of Anvil, that's where he started off. Uh, um, and so, but it was sort of second fiddle there. It just happened to be a great restaurant that had this really cool bar program. And mm-hmm. I think Anvil was the very first actual, we are a bar. This is the product that we're doing. We know you're not used to this, but trust us, this is the way that it should be done. I'm going to give... Uh uh, I'm going to give Anvil kudos too because they have never succumbed to being like a regular bar. You don't go up there and get fast service. You go up there and you order a drink and you, pardon me, you wait because those drinks take as long as they take. Right. You and wait. They don't apologize. They're, they're concocting them. They're not, yeah, they don't have they, them pre They don't apologize. They yeah. will tell you, hey, this is going to take a little while. You know that whatever. But uh, and even when they're busy, they don't. They don't bow down to it. They don't. Uh, no shortcuts there, and it's pretty amazing to watch them work. If this were on retail shelves, what kind of price would this uh, likely get? Probably about eighty-five dollars. That that would be a hell of a bargain, in my opinion. That's fantastic, really, really fantastic. So we have a second one here. Y'all ready for the Let's second go one? Guatemala. Cool. Let's go to Guatemala. Does does this one smell like maple? <laughs> oh no! You're just gonna rinse your glass out really good. Come on, man. Can I borrow some? Do we water? have to do everything for you? <laughs> All right, so this one is Guatemala. Uh, would you mind pouring? Because I've got to the point where after my second sip of rum, I can't talk and pour at the same time. So um, this one is uh, a Guatemala XO. Uh, we've done... So what does XO mean? See, I knew you were going to ask me that. And as soon as I said XO, I was like, I probably like, shouldn't have said uh, that. Oh, I have so said that XO, it, it doesn't mean anything. Not, unless it's cognac. And, and the designation is it's, it's, it means that that cognac, the, the, the youngest uh, uh, cognac in that blend is 10 years old. Uh, other, outside of that, it doesn't have a legal uh, designation there. I think what... Because I've seen it on, on rums. Sorry. Uh, I see it on rums on the shelf. This Some is, rums have XO. No. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're of a certain age. Sorry, I'd re- re- I had to press rewind in my head to figure out where so we're talking I, about. So I've seen <laughs> other other rums, not from you XO. guys, but but, so, uh, but but I've seen some other rums that do have the XO designation on it. Does that mean something? No. It does, it's it just does. not as hardcore as it's, Triple X. It's not as, it's not as minimum. I'll, I'll put it this way: we have our Plantation XO 20th anniversary rum. That's our that's a Barbados rum of ours. That's uh, very much so on the uh, rich desserty side. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have our Guatemala XO, this particular one, which is completely different rum. One of the best ones we ever did, and I still get uh, 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 phone calls over it all the time, was a Guatemala XO that we triple aged in Ambarana cask. That's a uh, Ambarana. Uh, yes, that's a South American uh, uh, wood that they use uh, for particular cachaças. Wow. Um, and it's a super floral wood. It brings out some crazy notes. It can bring out strawberry and nutmeg and cinnamon and this particular rum it brought out huge coconut notes and our friends over at Wa- uh, Rosewater actually did a, a, a coquino with it uh, a, a bottled coquino with it a, 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 I think it was a, not the last wow. season but season before Christmas season that was and it's just, just a beautiful just I'm, delicate I'm going to use a couple words that I don't think I've ever used to describe rum this is sweet and creamy 
yeah. Well, see it though. So I, I, the definitely the sweet is there. So this one is going to be triple aged inside a muscatel cask. Definitely mm. sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has such a soft kind of. You're right. It's very delicate, very round. The uh, mouthfeel, like almost a creaminess yeah. to it, like in the in the. So on nice. the nose, palate, mm-hmm. you get almost a, a sort of a it's 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 a floralness, but also a, netting, yes. a nuttiness to it as well. Mm-hmm. So I get a, a floral but slightly over ripeness kind of on the palate, thing. Yes. and I mean that in the absolute best best mm-hmm. way, you know, in a little earth kind of. Yeah. You know, like like when you get a really ripe banana, like you're going to use in a banana bread, that that sort of a. a Pleasant overripeness. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I don't think it's, it's specifically banana. Though. No. It's no. Kind of but the, like but in that family. Just some, yeah, agreed. Some agreed. Like. But yeah. you, you nailed it with the creaminess. It has a very creamy palate for mm. sure. And I don't think of rum as a creamy uh, spirit. No, I, I don't. I've never thought that. I think when I've drank rum before. Some, but it's honestly, but I don't see creamy as a as a, as a taste. Now, creamy is the mouthfeel. Yeah, yeah. It's a mouthfeel. Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten I've gotten some before. Just but and there's just a, a nice little bit of a spiciness. Um, it's just a beautiful rum, uh, and and we've you know Guatemala rum. Um, we've done uh, uh, so many different ones, and, and we always go a little crazy with the, uh, uh, the 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 tertiary cask finish. And yeah, that's what we always do with the single cask. The difference between the, our vintages that you'll see now and then, a vintage is just going to be one particular vintage instead of uh, um, blending of different barrels in <coughs> different right. years. And typically, it's going to be higher proof. Typically, it's going to be uh, less dosage, if zero dosage. Um, but uh, with the single cask. We're always going to do a tertiary aging on this where we're going to take everything that's wonderful about the bourbon cask and the cognac cask and let's go off-roading. Um, <laughs> it's like we were talking about with the Iron Root guys. We, you know, we got that one coming mm-hmm. out from Jamaica where the third cask we use on that was some of their rye casks. Um, you know, we've done a barrel swap of Teeling. Uh, we've done barrel swap this last one with Mars the, the, with the Japanese whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's just fun to see what we can do when we let our imaginations just roam free. I love it. Absolutely love it. The uh, retail uh, general area for this? I believe this one. Now, this one you're only going to find at Lee's Liquor on Navigation. Okay. uh, Which, by the way, probably has the best... A cool store. Oh, very cool store. Uh, it's it's uh, um, it's it's probably the best selection of plant. It is the best selection of plantation rums inside the loop here. In fact, I think mm-hmm. I think she's actually the bestest period now in Texas. Uh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's tweeted. It's her store out there, and she has. This is her first private pick. Uh, but if there's ever been a vintage out there that you didn't get your hands on first time around, or one of the single casts that you missed, she most likely has it. Nice. Well, cool. this is this is fantastic. And, and what would you pay for this? You think? Oh man, she's gonna yell at me if I get this wrong. I'm okay. probably about the same. Probably <laughs> okay. about eighty-five. Again, if it's in that area, you're talking about a deal, really, for this. This is this is uh, the mouthfeel on this is so starkly different than anything I expected. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a than any rum mouthfeel you've yeah, ever had before. Yeah. It's like an absolute tree. Silky. Yeah. Uh, I said creamy earlier, but silky or silky smooth. Like, it's smooth. like silk. I try not to use the word smooth because it's just smooth means boring. Phrase. Vodka is smooth, or good, good vodka is smooth. You're for nothing. I have a solution for you. Use the word smooth. 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 <laughs> smooth. See, if you smooth. T- if you say it's smooth, that has character to it. A little pizzazz. It's not just yeah. It's not just boring. It's smooth. This is a smooth rum. Not enough O's in the word. No, smooth. it doesn't. It doesn't. It has a. It has <laughs> a when, I, when I say it's, it's creamy, it has a silkiness that just mm-hmm. goes right across the palate and leaves us. 
stripe of flavor on your tongue that lingers a little bit. And it's ain't fantastic. It cool. Yeah. Ain't it cool. But but do you mm. not see not 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 see uh, the differences here? The 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 whole. Uh, uh, Dichotomy, right? Where I'm looking well, for. Well, these two uh, rums could not be more different. Exactly. You know, we we, we want. Uh, Oddly that, enough, neither one of them smell like maple. <laughs> <laughs> but what we well, have listen, learned, maple is not an uncommon. Uh, what we have uh, learned is, on no, rum, is when you blend enough of them, when I knew that was not a, one. Yeah. When you blend enough of them into a glass. Mm -hmm. I mean well, that. <laughs> you know, you know, it it strikes me that. At Plantation, you guys probably have more fun than your typical rum company, just because there's so much, like creativity in the air with with all of these different things you're trying, whether it's yeah. iron root rye barrels or or uh, teeling barrels or or. Like well, I'll say this: based on some of the Facebook groups, we're certainly in a better mood. But no. <laughs> like the iron root guys are so fun. How long have they you guys are. been working with them? Uh, well, we've had a, a relationship with them for quite a few years because I first got to know them when they came out to France and spent some time out there at Chateau Bombonnet. Uh, but our, I think our working relationship started, uh, um, actually that was born out of, uh, uh, um, uh, oh God, uh, Chris Hart's Whiskey Fest. Um, Who? <laughs> I swear. You're talking about I, it, the whiskey social, Chris. It's not you. It's me. It's whiskey social. I'm just. I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I. There was there was a rep from Republic. Bless your heart. I've worked with her for like four years now, and on a GSM on, on a Zoom thing in front of like a hundred people, I couldn't remember her name, and I was trying to wave her flag, and I was like. Oh. She's a girl. She she's got hair. If it, uh, you know, just, if it makes you feel any better, I was playing at a friend's wedding and I couldn't remember his wife's name while I was introducing him on the mic. So what did you do? So what did you and do? this awesome lady right here who yeah. needs no introduction. Exactly. So that's kind of how. That's kind of that's kind of how it went. So yeah. So the whiskey social. So they met at the whiskey social uh, and and because uh, uh, I mean, well, they were reintroduced at the whiskey social. And I believe that's when the real talk of hey, let's change. Some barrels, exchange some barrels. Came right, up. right. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, we were actually went out. I'm sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. What you got? You were saying something. <laughs> that's I, cool. That's all. I that's kept cool. talking. That's cool. That's that's a, that. So the <laughs> first, the first time we met Iron Root was at the uh, World of Whiskey, the very first mm -hmm. like show we ever did. Right. They were but not 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 a podcast show, but the very first like they whiskey. were one of like five whiskeys that was there. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and they were right across from us, and they came they were over. Super cool, though, They yeah. were super nice. We had no idea what we were doing. And then we, had we, them on the we had them on the show yeah, later, and they the were terrific. Great. Yeah, yeah, and really great fun. whiskey too. Mm -hmm. Really great whiskey. Tremendous All right, whiskey. we got to take a break. When we return, um, you know, we always say when we talk about drinking news that the that the um, you know the the stories on drinking news in a world where you need to drink are sometimes about drinking. But they are always best listened to when you've been drinking. And we have certainly been <laughs> Lord doing knows I have. some drinking <laughs> today. So it's going to be perfect time for drinking news. Ian, you want to uh, give us a little uh, musical teaser here? Drinking news, drinking news. Stick around for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. We'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. Man, that's good guitar time. Welcome back. 
Yeah, you know, he seems like a little offbeat, though, don't you think? The guitar's a little slow, a little slow rhythm there. That that band is awesome. Uh, Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. We are the radio program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're going to get back to all of that. But first, as uh, as Docs, I think, already knows, but uh, some of you who who are new to the program might not realize, this little segment here has become the most popular portion of Smoking and Toasting. It's a little something we like to call... Drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for Drinking News. Cheers, y'all. And a reminder, of course, that Drinking News is stories that we find from all over the world that are, these are, these are at least reportedly true stories. They're not from The Onion or, or National Lampoon. These are reportedly true stories that sometimes are, in fact, about drinking. Not always, but are always best enjoyed if you've been drinking, which... Uh, Mm, I'm going to hurry through drinking news so we can get back to this. Yes. uh, uh, You know, at one time or another, I imagine that it has probably happened to most of us. Waking up in the morning after having had a little too much to drink the night before. Maybe you wake up on a buddy's couch. Maybe you wake up like Robert Downey Jr. did that time way back in the day in the house of a strange family you've never met. Uh, Maybe you wake up and discover that you've been abducted by an alien species that seems interested in probing a particularly sensitive uh, area of your anatomy. Sidebar. My feet are real ticklish. Why is it that people who claim to have been abducted by aliens always seem to report that the aliens want to perform an anal probe? Why are alien cultures so obsessed with our butts? And if they really are, why are they choosing the butt of Cletus from East Muleshoe, Kentucky to investigate? I mean, that's not the best representative of our species, right? I mean, clearly. Beauty's in the eye of the Clearly we can come up with someone who represents humanity better than that. My personal apologies, by the way, if it sounds like I'm offering up Tom Hanks for an alien anal thrust. <laughs> but, but, you know, just I'm just saying, we can do better, right? We can do better. Anyway, back to what I was saying. There's a strange new phenomenon that has emerged and developed in Okinawa, Japan, and police there cannot figure out a way to stop it. Apparently, many Japanese, after being out for a night of drinking, and probably too much drinking, become so intoxicated that they participate in something Japanese officials are calling road sleeping, or rojone in Japanese. And Adam, if you want to put up the first picture here. Yeah, rojone in Japanese, road sleeping. Rojone is the Japanese word for what happens when intoxicated individuals simply lie down on the sidewalk or along the side of a road or in the middle of one for a nap before dozing off. It's an oddity that seems to be primarily found in this southern prefecture in Japan. In fact, the police chief there told reporters, I didn't even know the term rojone before coming to Okinawa. I think we have a second picture Adam can put up here of yet another road sleeper. Police officers say that sometime people doing rojone are liquored up enough to mistakenly think that they actually have arrived home, and so they slip out of their clothes and sleep buck naked in the street. I'm not kidding. This is really happening in Okinawa. In one year, 
the Okinawa Prefectural Police received 7,221 reports of Rojane. And not just for people curled up on sidewalks or leaning their heads on the curb as a pillow. Sometimes they're sleeping snack, smack dab in the middle of the lanes for cars. And last year, 16 Rojane nappers were hit by cars. I'm not making this up. This really, really happened. It's become such a big deal that the Ryukyu Golden Kings, and you can put the next picture up, Adam, Okinawa's basketball team, has mounted a major public information campaign to stop Rojone. Including posting billboards like the one that you're <laughs> seeing now, if you're watching the, the video feed. Is, is it the uh, billboard of the oh, yes, basketball players? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a real billboard. Stop sleeping on the street. Stop sleeping on the street. Japanese officials say that they think that one possible reason that the phenomena seems localized to Okinawa is that the climate there is generally warm and tropical for pretty much the whole year around. Now, this worries me because, as we know, here in America, trends that start in Japan have a long history of eventually catching up, uh, catching on in the United States, from Godzilla movies to The Walkman to even J-pop. Western culture often winds up mimicking the things that become prominent first in Japan. And if conditions in a warm, tropical climate are part of why Okinawa is experiencing this phenomenon of road sleeping, I think we all know where it's first and most likely to show up in the U.S., Yes, I am looking at you, Florida. <laughs> so this is why I am appealing now to the greatest quarterback of all time and his teammates, Tom Brady and the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Florida to put up billboards, do recorded public service announcements, whatever it takes to get out ahead of this Rojane before it starts becoming an epidemic in the Sunshine State. Because we all know that the number one thing that Florida man likes to do is drink too much, and the number three thing that Florida man likes to do is take an impromptu nap. <laughs> not that it matters, but number two is to wrestle a live gator in the parking lot at Walmart. Uh, but that's not important right now. Uh, although, gators are one of the reasons why we are imploring Florida man not to take up this Japanese craze. Because if you road sleep in Okinawa, I don't think you got to worry too much about a gator coming along and thinking that you look mighty tasty. In Florida, that is a real concern. We might have to actually change the lyrics to the Drinking News theme song. Ian, can you provide me some backing track here? A Florida man, a well, Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. Well, no, let's change those lyrics. Give me just the music. Okay. Oh, All you're right? going to sing it. I yes, didn't realize I am. that. Yep. Okay, so. All right. A Florida man with one arm said he laid down in the road with a thump. When I asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, well, he was supposed to say something. Hang on. When wait, asked about... Oh, wait, wait, we're close. Hold on. It, I have to hit well, we, we, we have right. to start this whole thing over. And, and, okay, all right. One, two, three, four. Up. A Florida man with one arm said he laid down in the road with a thump. When I asked about his absent arm, he said... Uh, a gator carried it into the swamp. <laughs> Honestly, folks, we really like the Drinking News theme song the way it is in its original form. So please, Florida man, do like you normally do and just fall asleep in the men's room at Hooters or in the cab of your 1972 El Camino in the parking lot of Hulk Hogan's Discount Liquors on 73rd and Main. Uh, you'll most likely be safe there, at least when the police come. So, Yoku 
Nimuru, Florida man. Yoko Nimuru, that's Japanese for sleep well. My name is Cruz, and that is your drinking news. Drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. That was a PSA, the, the, the more you know thing, right? There. Yeah. So I have a question now. You're saying that the, 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 the logic behind this is because it's it's tropical and warm there that they feel... Well, that's why they feel okay maybe to sleep Relaxed. in the street. So my yeah. friend here happens to be from a warm tropical place. Are there many erosionists in Barbados? No, no, we don't have any. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. People go home. People go home. Barbados is so laid back, though, right? Yeah, definitely. You don't need to sleep in the street. It's funny they have like just a a, a, just a you know such a a a name for it. I mean, Barbados is just getting smashed. (laughs) Smashed? Is that what you said? (laughs) You clearly struck a nerve there. (laughs) I think that works. (laughs) Uh, So this is your plantation aged five years. So this is. This is like your cornerstone product for this Plantation Rum. I call Plantation this one rum, the, the, the yeah. first chapter of Plantation. It's mm-hmm. made at our West Indies Rum Distillery. Uh, and you know what? I'm, we, we have, we've, we've hugged the time so much. I'm going, to, I'm going to shut up for maybe two minutes and 27 seconds and, 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 and let Kelsey really sink her teeth. Well, not that one. you're on the clock or anything, Kelsey. Ball. Yeah. So, so, no, talk to us about this. This is like this flagship product, right? Yeah, yeah. So, as Doc said, it's... Is fermented and distilled at the West Indies Rum Distillery. Mm-hmm. That's the only distillery that Maison Fron actually owns. Ah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, so. so they partnered in 2017. Great marriage, the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one we always solely own. We own like the 200. Right, you own part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but this is full ownership. Okay. Yeah. So this is going to be aged, tropical aging in Barbados for two to three years in bourbon cast, and then it goes mm-hmm. over to France to be aged for one to two years in the cognac cast. And it is pot and column still. So mm-hmm. just a little bit about Barbados. Our Barbados is actually known as the birthplace of rum. I don't know if you guys know that. Well, uh, I always have loved Barbados. Now I love them even more. <laughs> Yeah. So Barbados has been making rum for almost 400 years and it has like the highest quality of rum. Well, Mm. not to toot my own horn, (laughs) but (laughs) Barbados has a really high quality of rum. And that's words. I can't talk. And that's because of the sugar, how it grows. So, you know, in the Grand Champagne region, the soil there has like limestone and clay. So that makes like the grapes a higher quality. We have that similar type of soil in Barbados. Okay. So the sugar, so high it, quality. It in, impacts the sugar and the quality of the sugar and the Right. Flavor. So then that impacts the quality of the molasses, which is the ingredient in this rum. But I like to tell people when you're sipping this rum, just imagine that you're just on the beach chilling, looking at the beautiful clear water in Barbados, having a good day. Because that's where it's made. Yeah. Our, our entire distillery is just sitting there chilling on, right the on the beach. I love that. I love that. And this is so. This is such a wonderful, just like straightforward, like um, easy to drink rum. It's yeah. got it's got a certain smoothness to it. I wouldn't say it's as as smooth as and creamy as what we had with the. Uh, uh, with the Guatemala rum, but it's got a certain creaminess to it. It's, it's not a big in-your-face rum. It's warm it's, and friendly, like it's a warm. sunny day on the beach. When yes. a friend comes down unexpectedly and hands you a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a little too sunburned. And offers to rub a little bit of sunscreen into your back. I think we may now know what the second most popular feature on uh, Smoking and Toast is going to be. It's Ian's little haikus. I like that. Yeah. I just, I don't stop, man. Keep going. I'm just like, tell me more about my rum. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Uh, this is this is why we call it smoking and toasting. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, uh, it it absolutely is just so. Um, 
I don't I don't want to say basic because that sounds like I'm saying that it's not complex, but it is just like it's light. It's yeah. light. It's easy. It's something you could. It's have very approachable. At any time. This very is, approachable. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. It's, it's I mean, like as I said, it's just the first chapter of plantation, and like in any story, the deeper you go into the book and the more chapters you get into, the more complex it is. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that first chapter the wasn't good. Introduction to the character. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. Chapter so, one. I just want to say for the record, I do listen to this show. I don't always type in, but I do listen. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but notice that when I'm on, and I don't know if it's just because of me and Fox, but I think things get a little sloppy when I'm on. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and when you say sloppy. <laughs> no, no, not you. Not when the work. sloppy. Not the work. Not the work. I'm just <laughs> saying sloppy. maybe just, you know, the, the occasional loss of a word and maybe a... Off note, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's just be clear. I don't normally sing the drinking news theme song. That's not that was brilliant, by the way. I, I was, thought so, you were great. While you were telling the story, yeah. I was actually rearranging the lyrics in my head to come up with my own version because I thought that's what we were going to do. But I didn't know you were oh, going to actually oh. be the singer. Well, yeah, you know, I, I figured it was easier than giving you the lyrics in advance and not telling you no, was what they were about. So, and and I struggled, by the way. To come up with a word that rhymes with swamp. <laughs> and I eventually landed on thong, thwomp, which is, you know, yeah. almost made up, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but, but it still. worked, right? It worked, yeah. right? It works, yeah. it works. Uh, so I, I absolutely love this. And, and we should, you know, we talked about this when you've been on the show before, but honestly, I always have, we always have at the Cruise Household a bottle of the Isle of Fiji and a bottle of the uh, Stiggins Fancy Pineapple uh, as well. But I, I wonder if we might ought to always have a bottle of this too. I mean, this just you need you need you, to. You it need really to. is. It really is that good. Yeah. It's just, I like it just with just just ice, like a nice clean big right. rock. Um, and retail for this, twenty five. See, you gotta love that. <laughs> yeah. That's gotta love that. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, all right, Ian, we're going to try beer in this segment, too. So um, you, you may want to get started cutting some wax over there because this is one of those things where, you know, unlike the uh, the rum bottles that Docs has brought with him today. I'm, I'm scratching the wax right where, now. Where, he's so, uh, where he so kindly has cleared the neck of the bottle and the uh, cellophane uh, tops for us so there's been no injury or spillage. Uh, this one, on the other hand, is going to require a little, a little chopping, as Dinosaur Jr. once said. Start chopping. See, I'm uh, starting to worry. I'm worried about my sloppy comment here because he's using a very sharp blade. Very I'm sharp. assuming there, <laughs> yeah. it's like this could go so bad. But and gosh, you know, what an episode! Who could forget that time? <laughs> <laughs> the, Remember and, when I accidentally threw my blade at Docs? We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna change the. Uh, we have to change the title of this show from "Drinking with Docs" to "Ian Loses a Finger." You know, <laughs> so no, I, no, we don't want that it's, to happen. It's closed now. Are you are you back off? Of I I do feel back. I'm, no, I'm sitting here like on the edge of my seat saying, careful, <laughs> careful, cut away from you. <laughs> when did we become that person? Uh, what age? 15 years ago. Hey, man, I, I learned to use a knife back in the 80s before they invented safety. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, that's true. Because I remember back in the 80s one time, I bought a ladder. And you won't believe this, but it did not include the warning label on it, on the st- steps of it that says, do not step. It was back in the 80s. So uh, now, I ended up, you, now you can't buy one up, that I ended up yeah. buying a, a lot of tools. Not a lot as in many, but there was there's actually quite a few. But uh, a lot as in, you know... Uh, a pile of a stuff. A big lot of them, yes. And um, one of the things in there was this uh, this this work table that was, I think, made in Japan. 
I think. <laughs> but this work table was like one of these like multi-use tables, right? Yeah. You're supposed to be able to use it for tons of stuff, but the best part about it is it had a slot in the middle of it. This table, and it had all the directions written on the table, uh, was made so that you could just take your circular saw and you could pull back the guard that goes over the spinning violent blade on your circular saw. Mm -hmm. And you could mount it upside down on this table with these four little tabs that were just held on by you some... You screwed it, and that way you can run it on by and, some and do, the, do the boards, right? <laughs> and you could take this ultra-lightweight table and put a piece of plywood and try and drag it across that. And it how was did that the work absolute worst idea. <laughs> I, no, I, I never, obviously, I never tried it, but I was just thinking to myself, people bought this. The person yeah. that I got this lot from bought this table but this was in the 80s before they invented safety oh yeah it had yeah. to be yeah. it had to be like it was like me and a couple friends sat in my workshop one night while i had it there i said okay you guys gotta see this and we we must have sat around clowning that table for for an hour and a half just drinking and having a good old time with it speaking of drinking and having a good old time i'm working on it man. i'm just i gotta tell you i got i i might now with that last segment right there if it remember those commercials there with like if you have a bad reception the message that you're gonna get mm -hmm. and all i'm hearing is about table hole in the middle screw mount <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden the best episode ever this is the best episode ever <laughs> That is for sure. <laughs> okay, who's who's missing? Uh, we need uh, a couple more. Okay, keep going. Uh, Just keep going. So three way. more. Not me. Oh, sorry. Not you. Oh, two more. Since I got my nose in that one, there you go. So there we go. So yeah. one more. If there I we pour go. too many more, I'll just drink it. Uh, well, fortunately, I think we're good. So as long as you have one now, we're good to go. Ian, tell us about this beer because there's a lot of information on that bottle. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, Wooden Rose Brew. Darkling Imperial Stout, aged in four roses bourbon barrels. You know what's wrong mm. with that? Not, Not a thing. A thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is brewed and bottled by Revision Brewing Company in uh, Sparks, Nevada. What was it aged in? Uh, Four Roses Four barrels. Roses Bourbon Barrel. So it says 2020 on it. Uh, aromas. Well, you know what? Let's taste it before we talk about what the aromas actually say. I want to also point out. At, well, let's let's talk after we taste. So, everybody, All right, so, so is there anything that it says beyond the four roses? It has barrel? tasting notes. That's okay. all it really says. Uh, okay. And I don't want to give away the tasting notes till after we. Uh, it's been a long time, but we have had revision brewings uh, of products on the program before. So, so I got to tell you guys, it's it's not an episode with me on it until I start running my mouth about Nick Talamantes. And so, you know, we got the Four Roses. Uh, <laughs> right, right. There's, there's so always the tie. I got something to tell you. Pete, you know, the hunky guy that was here earlier, my Dallas guy, he broke him. He broke Talamantes. Apparently, they were hanging out in Dallas uh, last week, and uh, Nick didn't work the next day. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. That's right, Nicky. We went there. Couldn't you hang know, with the Ferran. You have been outed. You know, when, when, when you break someone like that in this business... Right. That, that's that's going so. Uh, Nick is so fun, man. He's so yes. fun. We well, to, to be fair, the whistle pig guy was out there. I don't think you know y'all guys have met Mike. I know y'all guys have met uh, Stephanie, but mm -hmm. this is their local guy in Dallas. He was out there, and they just, uh, yeah, they took him out with the crew. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you though, how nice of a guy Nick is. He's a great guy. The first time we had him on the show. I called him Nick Tamantes for the entire show, and he never he never corrected me. No matter how many times I said Tamantes, and I just kept it. It's one of those things like you know how you can develop just that mental blind spot. I just in my mind he yeah, was Nick like, Tamantes. That's what it you is. Know? That seemed like a pretty cool name to me. I that was, is uh, pretty. I'd have been all over you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, how, do, how do we feel about the Revision uh, Brewing Company's Wooden Rose? You know, um, I'm a little slow to warm up to it. I'll be totally honest maybe my 
my palate is just off in rumland. Let me tell you what I love about this. Okay. I love that it's hardly carbonated. I love that That's this true. is sticky enough to probably hold two pieces of wood together for most of its lifetime. Hey, you could use it to mount that saw underneath the light table that you were talking about. <laughs> just pour a little of this on there um, and just, you know, stick it up I love there. the dark fruit, raisiny, date kind of uh, mm -hmm. uh, plum notes that are in here. I love that the bubbles in this have different colors, like it's oily. I didn't even know there were bubbles in this. I have just a little bit of bubbles. It's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. um, I see that now. I love that the mouthfeel is like coffee that you left out for about four days and then reheated in a microwave. And I mean this all in the absolute best way. I was going to say, that's like not necessarily beer. a good thing. I really <laughs> like this no, beer. It, 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 is, it has got a wonderful taste on the finish. I'm warming up to it now because I have to say, my first few sips, I was like, mmm, not getting it. Uh, but I am warming up to it now, and and no, the date those raisin rich date, kind of thing uh, going uh, on. Uh -huh, yeah, feeling those is pretty hardcore. Those vibes coming through. And uh, I love it. I'm gonna say something, and I hope it's a compliment to who, who is this? The, the, the uh, revision, revision brewing? brewing. I hope it's a compliment to them because I mean it this way. Uh, to me, is this if Shimei had done a a roasty product? Right. Um, you know, it, just it, a know, that, that first yeah. taste is, is is very Shimei-ish, and then if you know Shimei is not for the faint of heart, and and this kind of mm -hmm. reminds me of that. That if I'm it, I enjoy it, but this is what I'm going to have if I'm having one, and maybe even a half of one. Right, mm -hmm. right. Well, uh, these see, are bombers you open this up when floating down the river. I have no problems uh -huh. with that. <laughs> see, you're so funny with no that. No problems with that. Wow. What about what, what about Rojanang? Would you do this in Rojanang? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it the, might lead to. What is the ABV on this? Uh, do you really want to know? Yes, I do. It's 13.25. Holy moly. Wow. wow. Okay. I'm beginning to understand now. Yeah, this now. is 13.25%. <laughs> I'm beginning to understand so now. So when you say, honey, I'm only having one beer. Yeah, <laughs> just only one. You're going to walk in like this. You're going to walk out at this. <laughs> Docs, oh did you gosh. have uh, anything more that you wanted to uh, pull out of your bag of tricks for today's show? <laughs> Do I? Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, you know what's funny? I didn't, I didn't oh even put them on the table. I told you not to ask them. Oh, okay, sorry. I tell you what we do. We're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back. We have one more segment of the show, so we, when we come back, we'll uh, we'll sample whatever else we're it is. We're gonna open up the bag of tricks. Okay, I like bags it's of be tricks. A fun time. All right, we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting, and <laughs> it's show number two hundred seventy-five. I told you it'd be a special show. <laughs> I sang, <laughs> and it wasn't even a Barry Gibb impression. We'll be right back. <laughs> I remember the Barry Gibb impression. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting the music of the Suffers from Houston, Texas. Great. Uh, so what do they call awesome. themselves? Gulf Coast Soul? Is that, yeah, is that it? Gulf Coast like Soul. That. It works. It works. So, so there's a whole Gulf Coast category of music. Because I don't really know if you remember is. the High Taylors. That was Gulf Coast rock and roll. Mm -hmm, and that fits mm -hmm, them. Like, mm -hmm. It really does. Wasn't like 13th floor elevators kind of like that same sort of Gulf Coast rock and yep, roll yep. back in the day? Yeah. They, That's you're, yeah. you're going way back. Yeah, yeah. Picking it up, picking it up. Well, you know, 13th floor elevators were, that was like, they had a direct influence on ZZ Top, mm -hmm. which had a direct influence on whole bunches of other music that came out of the Gulf Coast region. So, uh, anyway, we are smoking and toasting. We are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. This is show number 275. Docs is here, and uh, he's brought along so many wonderful goodies. 
Um, Kelsey is here. And, the best goodie of all. Yeah, the best goodie of all. Um, and the Tobacconists <laughs> Association of America uh, is uh, meeting in Los Cabos, Mexico, uh, for the TAA of, of meetings, yearly meetings, and they always release uh, exclusive cigars. So these are ones you can watch for at your favorite retailer for the uh, for one of the 13 TAA exclusive cigars that are available now. The CLE Asylum 13, a 6x54, that is nine bucks a cigar, uh, limited to 500 boxes, uh, made by Christian Arroyo. Crowned Heads, The Lost Angel, 2022, a Nicaraguan cigar, boxes of 20 for 12.75 a piece. The Diesel Tempest TAA cigar, another Nicaraguan cigar, uh, it's 6x50, 902, and made by A.J. Fernandez for Scandinavian Tobacco Group. Uh, the E.P. Carrillo, TAA 2022, it's a Dominican cigar limited to 750 boxes Nicaragu- Nicaraguan binder Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper and Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers on it the Fierro Tego Timeless the Timeless brand this is the new Timeless the Timeless brand is no longer anchored to Nat Sherman or the horrible company that owned them at the time uh, it is now free and clear and uh, this looks like a really really great cigar it's $15 it's a Nicaraguan Puro available in only one size and it is uh, blended by the Placencia family in Nicaragua. The Gurkha Collection Especial TAA exclusive, $12.50 a cigar, shipping in June, limited to 500 boxes. The Illusione TAA 2022, a Nicaraguan cigar, $15 per cigar, shipping date not finalized, 1,000 boxes total. The Hoya de Nicaragua Cuatro Cinco Edition Americana, Nicaragua, and it is $13.95, limited to 500 boxes. The, Flor, the La Flor Dominicana TAA the Golden Salomon, a Dominican cigar, $35 per cigar for a La Flor Dominicana cigar. Yeah, so that's going to have to, that one's going to need to step up and deliver, if you know what I mean. The La Palina TAA Kill Bill TXX, a Honduran cigar, $12.50. Rocky Patel TAA Decade Habano from Honduras. The Tatuaje Exclusive TAA 2022 from Nicaragua. And the Villager TAA Exclusive 2022 from Nicaragua as well. How many was that total? uh, Thirteen. Okay, there's 12 of those that I really want to go buy. Yeah, uh, no kidding. Uh, they, they all sound pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and because they're exclusive, uh, because they're a limited release, it's not something you're going to be able to and, smoke forever. And on the 13th one, well, Gurkha just sent me a cigar. Changed my mind. <laughs> I mean, come on. I told you the last Gurkha I had was fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm waiting for them to really, really, like, to like blow you be away. back like they used to. Like, uh-huh. when I started smoking Gurkhas, they were... They were uh, like flavor profiles, never been an issue for them. They're all, yeah, you know, yeah. mild to medium, pretty good. But that's just construction. Where are they from? I see them all the time. Dirk, well, the, Gurkha has so many blends that you can't even ask where they're from. Right, right. <laughs> they do have so many. They were blends. started from a guy, I think, in New York, right? They started, yeah. They started as a very small boutique, boutique thing with brand. very, very limited releases and stuff. They really just grew too fast. They couldn't keep the quality going, and for a while, they were like, "What's that old school?" Uh, Warner Brothers cartoon where the wolf has the cigar and he lights it and it blows Boom. up. Yeah, they all. That's, that's what Gurkha cigars. Dude, he's got a like. picture of one that looked oh, like that. It really did. Yeah, like, I was I was reviewing it for the show and it disintegrated on me. 
it was true. well. It's got kind what? of a Turkish look to it. That's what I was yeah. asking. Well, yeah, they always have that that Turkish guy with the swords. And their the, bands and their marketing is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like they look great and they have great names. But for they them. have gotten better. We've talked about yeah. this on the show. They've definitely gotten better. All right, uh, Docs, you've got something hidden over there. I can't you know see what? what it is. We totally skated over this beer. Am I the <laughs> only one that really likes this beer? No, I, I like it. I, I, I came around on. <laughs> All right, I'm I sorry. Like Let's go back. Which to show are you listening to? We talked about it. We talked. We talked. <laughs> he didn't want to talk about the beer. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he was a fan. I, I liked it, I, but it but it took me a moment because my taster was off in Rumland, yeah. I think, you know, and it took me a moment to adjust to it. But uh, but yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. This is like if you if you did a Dr Pepper reduction and then burnt the shit out of it. <laughs> I, it's fantastic. I, I, I really do like it. Dr Pepper, so this <laughs> is really good. All right, but I'm really curious about what Doc's is hiding from us. Let me put these images out and go, and I mean that in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who, is, who is that comedian? Uh, he would always do that. I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't even know. Uh, I'll, I'll think of his name. Adam Herrera was the oh, comedian. Yeah. He would always say. That guy is a low-life scum-sucking scumbag. I don't mean it in a bad way. <laughs> that would be easy. I remember the guy that was like, man, if you can't find the weirdo on the bus. You're the weirdo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, the weirdo on the bus wants some rum. So uh, uh, The way I used to tell it was my dad always said there was one weirdo on the bus, but I never saw him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we have Cane Rock. Cane Rock. Cane Rock. A new no, rock. Look at that. Hold on a second. This, look at that freaking bottle, dude. This yeah. looks completely different look at that from completely different. Plantation Rum. This is Can we all get a collective ooh and ah? Ooh. <laughs> ah. That bottle is amazing. How much did you pay now for this bottle of rum? <laughs> uh, so this Cane Rock is something, this is not a plantation product. It's not going back to France and getting that continental aging. Uh, it's mm-hmm. all distilled in Jamaica. But it our, is a plantation product, though. No. No. No, this is not a plant. This is a brand new product oh, okay. from Maison okay. Ferrand. I haven't poured it yet. Ian's this is no, I, just, I just want to hold it up to the camera so we can get the close up. But I want to warn you guys. Turtle. This is why we're done before. The, ooh, and the, ah, look at that. It's spiced rum. Mm, okay. What? All Jamaican right. spiced rum. Right. You want a spiced rum? 100% mm. Jamaican, 100% all natural spices. Mm. This is like nothing we've ever done before, and that's the reason why it's not plantation, because we don't. Do, uh, we've never done a spice right, plantation. plantation really doesn't and it's do just, spice it's, it's just not about what we're about. Um, so, so you did a whole different brand with this, and yes. we're going to try it. Okay. Yep. And I, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I love the scrunchy Ooh, sound. There that's wonderful. <laughs> the scrunchy that sound is wonderful. Awesome. I had to get back in there. So just prepare for yourselves, guys. This is a sweet product. Um, okay. Not to to call it a dry rum would be inaccurate. It is going to be <laughs> vanilla-y. It's going to be sweet. It's going to have molasses. It's going to have the spicy notes. Um, we are looking for, and we're not going after like uh, this is not Captain Morgan. We're we're we're, we're doing something that, uh, quite frankly, you just don't see that often. At least not to our knowledge. We want to do a, a super premium. I was just saying, uh, higher in spicy higher rum. Right? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, right from here, just just I can smell marshmallow vanilla. right there. Uh, Marsh- it's, oh, big yeah. time marshmallow. If you don't like sweet stuff, this is not the rum for you. Okay. This is by far probably the sweetest product we've ever, ever done uh, that's a rum. Yeah. Mm. Did I get everybody? Do we have, do we have, we're running out of glasses over here. This okay. is just like this is just like my house. We have cups. So. I shut off with so many clean we glasses, and by 10 left. o'clock, I'm drinking so out of the bottle. Three cups left. Oh, we got four cups mm. left. Here you go. So this Perfect. reminds me of... Okay, so I've had some rums that had this, that had, have had this flavor yeah. to them, but they were definitely cheaper, like rums. They weren't, they weren't premiums, you know. Yeah. What else do we need? There's do? a 
my my dad loved rum, and my dad loved rum no matter what it came out of. Uh, right. And a lot of times, um, as long as it was a lot rummy. of times it was a plastic bottle with sails on a ship. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was right. not good, and 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 it was a spiced rum and. I'm thoroughly convinced he also liked fish sauce and a lot of other things that were questionable. Um, oh, come so on. I'm thoroughly convinced at some Used point in, in the time right he way. destroyed, his, the right way. Fish he destroyed sauce his taste buds. But uh, but this is not spiced rum like like that. This is no. not like like if you leave Captain Morgan out and, and, and smell it a couple of hours later. It's not that. This, this is mm-hmm. like Look, such. I want to be very clear. We're, we're taking a shot at Captain Morgan there. Just, we, oh, it, I'm not either. It's, it's just something that we don't, we don't, we, when we do something, this we is, like it to be our own and something that's unique and original. I just, so, yeah. so that's why we're going this direction here. Yeah, I just want to let the listener know this is nothing like any spiced rum that you've ever smelled. Like, no. I have never smelled a spiced rum. It's also like not this. like, and I'll admit to actually really liking the like Kraken. Uh, but it this smells is like nothing cookies. like cracking. Like, like, like just like you just walked straight like, into a bakery. Like it's yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you all a funny cracking story? I haven't even tasted this yet. I, I used Please to do. when I worked at Republic and cracking first came on the market and and I opened it up. I didn't know what to do with it. Um, and it was just a brand new. We didn't, we didn't start talking about it yet. And so I took it and I played around with it and I mixed it with root beer and I gave it to my wife who was this is like ten. It's like maybe I don't know maybe nine in the morning and she's on a call. She works from home and I'm not gonna tell you the company because, you know, but uh, she's on a call and she's like looks at me and I hand it to her she's like puts it down and I take it to take it away from her she's like <laughs> and stays on her call <laughs> waves me off so she liked it well so I, I would say Kraken and Diet Dr. Pepper is one of the greatest well, discoveries you will so ever wife, wander across my, we got a bottle of Kraken when it first came out yeah and uh, crack is interesting because like again spiced rum to me was always like that cheap terrible sound, smelling stuff right. like, yeah but uh, we got a bottle of crack, and I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And my wife mixed it with Dr. Pepper. And uh, and I spent, we, I happened to be painting the inside of my house at that point in time. And so me and a radio and and a podcast of uh, Cigar Dave, actually. I was listening to Cigar Dave at the mm-hmm. time. Just some old Cigar Dave episodes. And, uh, and, and, and Dr. Pepper and crack and painted my house. And it's an oddly good combination. But this... Is unlike any of that. Yes, please don't. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't taste like crack. <laughs> Diet or otherwise. Doesn't, doesn't taste like Kraken. No, at I all. know you're like, why are we talking about Kraken? This, I just want you to know, like, Kraken's. I was going to give you, you know, three more seconds. I love is. Sarah. She's a great person, but we're not going to talk about her rum anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's my this, time. <laughs> this smells like. This smells like. What did I say? I said, the whole like, point is how different this cookies. is. Cookies. Mm-hmm. Yes, cookies. It's, yeah, it's, it's so it's, many things. It's pastry. It's dessert. It's like a snickerdoodle. Okay. I mean, there's there's some snickerdoodle qualities there. Sure, it's it's in, it's it's got a lot going on. And again, if you don't you know like what? sweet stuff, this is not the brand for you. So on the nose, it smells like all those things. When you taste it, it tastes exactly like it smells. It's unreal. That's crazy. There's coconut but in there. There's sweet spice. Coconut. There's ginger, mm-hmm. and everything again is 100 all natural on this. Wow, wow. And what is this going to sell for? Uh, probably about thirty bucks. Twenty nine nine nine. Wow. That's, oh, that's that's like toasted coconut, and then this this um, this great little spice at the end. You said cinnamon earlier, mm-hmm. I think. And it's made. It's distilled in South Jamaica. I'm sorry. Did somebody say coconut? Oh. Bam! Right there, cut and dry. Okay, we're gonna have to do this again. And uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> See, this is this is why the show goes on. You ever hear the show must go on? The show must. Your now. wife. 
Come on. Exclaimed and couldn't get to a glass fast enough. Yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, I'm telling you, we're a rum kind of household. We really are. Yeah, yeah, we're we're you, we're keeping docks in business to some degree uh, with the uh, with the pineapple and olive Fiji. But uh, I just I just want you to know too that every time I'm in the mood for uh, cognac, I have that uh, generations at the house, and uh, that's that's my go-to. And I think of you. Mm. Well, um, we're I, that, 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 I like that. I like your thinking of no, me. No, in a good way. Oh, I, well, I hope so. It's not like you're sipping on it and going, that jerk, that in sack a is... good way. <laughs> Just explain, picturing you at home, shaking your breast. I'll get you, Greg Dock. <laughs> if that's the last thing I do. Uh, well, okay, Dox. so this... Does, does this actually say coconut on it? Hell yeah, because it's coconut rum. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, well, here's the thing. I love though. our show. Uh, and and and, and you know, one of Mary's favorites, of course, is the Stiggins Fancy Pineapple Rum right, that we right. do. And along that same sort of uh, mindset, we wanted to create, like we did with Stiggins, we went with, with, with Stiggins, we created a rum made with pineapple that yep. still tasted like rum. We wanted to do so, that, do the same thing for with coconut. coconut but have it still taste like rum. You exactly. can definitely get the coconut on the nose. Well, here's the thing, though. One thing I'm going to say is you can't tone down coconut. There's right. no such thing as toned down coconut. So this thing is coconut it's to the bone. It's kind of got its own thing going. But it's not overtly sweet. It's not a liqueur. Um, it's it's truly a rum. Uh, and, and we're making it with... Uh, There's no doubt on the nose that it is coconut AF. Coconut AF. That's going to be the tagline there. Yeah. Now, Hashtag coconut Full disclosure, this one will not be in the United States for at least a year. Uh, we'll mm. probably, probably next summer. Uh, and honestly, she could probably talk about this better than I can, the reason why. Yeah. So we're using coconuts from Barbados, from a farm by a guy named Mr. Nichols. He owns the farm. So we're just trying to use coconuts in Barbados only, like giving back to the community, partnering mm-hmm. with the Right. Local community. So not going to be available here for a little while, but this is going to be a three-year-old Barbados rum. And the thing about this, you know how all plantation rums are double-aged? Mm-hmm. This is not. The mm-hmm. first plantation that will not go to France and get aged in the Cognac Rose. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Only so aged in Barbados. And well, it's pot and column still. Let me just say, here's to Mr. Nichols. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Step up that Man. coconut production. Buddy. Definitely. Look at that beautiful label. Do you yeah. guys do such beautiful labels? Thank yeah. you. That, well, Remember, you know what? I'm proud of our package. And this for is sure. very different from a lot of yeah. your labels, but it's still along the same lines. This is... Oh. Well, intricate and wonderful. It's always got a ton of information on there, and usually it'll have our inspiration on, on why we have that rum in the first place, the story on there. Uh, and we were talking about Mr. Nichols, and, and the thing, the coconuts that we're using, it's kind of a full circle thing, because after we're done using it to make the rum, they go back to him, and he uses them as fertilizer. Hmm. Really? Okay, yeah. wow. Yeah. My wife just mentioned, think of the pina coladas you can make with this. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was yeah. thinking that least. myself. Can you imagine, like, a good, like, craft-made pina colada? And we're not talking about a machine here. Right, right. Well, right. yesterday, we let a bartender play with it that made us an even split of this in the Stiggins for a daiquiri. Oh, oh man. Oh, mm. Yeah, I bet that was great. Remember was, you asked uh, if it was something blue? Something Literally. blue. <laughs> yeah, when you said that, I was like, yeah, definitely. Something blue. Something blue. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, uh, well, this is terrific. So it's always so fun to have you on the show because you're always pulling something like this out of the bag at the very last minute. Well, I got one more trick. Oh. And He's not done yet. I got one more trick, and I'm a little bit worried because uh, this might appeal to Mary, but if you're anything like my wife, she's like, 
don't mess with the things that I like. I like them the way they are. Don't fool with it. Don't so change it. So have you done something to the Stiggins Fancy Pineapple? Indeed we have, sir. Oh, boy. Stiggins Smoked Pineapple. Oh. This is Stiggins Pineapple Rum that's been aged in smoky teeling barrels. Okay. Teeling Irish whiskey. Teeling Irish whiskey. Yep, yep, yep. So... You, we just I, had teeling uh, on our uh, last week. Oh, is that right? We did we did an oh, Irish yeah, whiskey yeah, yeah, blind yeah, yeah, taste yeah. test, and teeling was one of the well, popular we've ones. We've had a great relationship with the guys at teeling for quite a while now. They actually um, they they used some of our pineapple barrels to age some of their whiskey, and it didn't make it to the United States. I had to actually order this through a God knows sixth party website somewhere in Eastern Europe. I was really afraid that they were going to get like. All my credit card information and social security number after ordering it, but it showed up two days later. Thank goodness. Um, but just the rules really hard to find. Um, uh, and and they also used uh, some of our other uh, rum barrels for another release that unfortunately only made it to Europe. Um, and we've used like their teeling uh, cask before when we did that nice uh, Jamaican plantation that mm-hmm. we released. I think it was for Houston Bourbon Society. That was back. good. I remember. It was, that. it was one of our better ones. That was wonderful. But, um, you know, the relationship continues to carry, at least the barrel swap one does. And so I'm going to pour this, and it's not going to be, like, smoked like someone has smoked pineapples in a smoker. Right. It's going to literally be just that that, that delicious Stiggins rum, and you're going to get that hint of that, what a smoky, I don't know if it's peaty, but a smoky whiskey. Uh, yeah. So Stiggins, again, was whom? Reverend Stiggins was the character. Um, the- Charles Dickens' character. Okay, gotcha. Pickwick Papers, yeah, from I think. Pickwick Papers, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah he, gotcha. um, he was always preaching the evils of alcohol, but also mm. drinking plantation, excuse me, <laughs> drinking, plantation, drinking <laughs> pineapple rum the entire yes. time. So that was... Uh, <laughs> that Just I don't have alcohol, but I'll still do it when I go home. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, I'd like to uh, mark the day. What, what episode is 174, you said? 275 today. 275. I, I don't know where I'm at. You're <laughs> off by 111. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, sir. <laughs> We got an actual negative comment on here. Oh, we did. Yes. Well, we got. You Does know, we anybody neg- know Gloria Brown? I don't know Gloria Brown. Gloria do Brown, anybody? I don't think I have her mm-hmm. on mine. Her comment is, "I don't know what you're doing." Dot dot. I hate this. It encourages you. It encourages you to drink. Not good. Like wow. that's a comment that we got. Somebody's wow. watching us enough to comment on it like that. Well, I think that's amazing. Did that, this is the first did, time we've did ever that done that. Come in like in the last few minutes. Or it literally came in. Well, no, I want to be very clear about us. We're not encouraging anyone to drink. We're encouraging you to drink plantation rum <laughs> <laughs> responsibly. 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 Of course. Well, of course. Um, you know, we do get negative reviews. Uh, of course. I've never actually read a review. Uh, I, I feel like this is on me somehow. I would, no, <laughs> I no, get this no, a lot. No, no, no. no, no, no I, so I, I am actually kind of excited about this. It's the first time we've ever gotten a negative comment. Really? On, on, the, on, the, 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 scrolling on the scrolling comments. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ever. And I have no idea who Gloria Brown is. She, she could just be a troll. I don't know. Yeah. Or she could she could be a friend on my thing. But, you know, you I have a like, feeling this is the first of our shows she's I would know her if she was on my just Facebook friends because yeah. I think I, like, I make sure I know everybody before I accept her. <laughs> Did yeah. she think it was about real toast, like the bread? <laughs> like we were sitting here smoking and making toast? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. You know, hey, smoking Gloria, and toasting could be I left my bread in the toast today we have too a long. Lovely I Gloria, not, guess what? Not only do we encourage people to drink, we also encourage them to smoke tobacco. Uh, yes, yes. Responsibly. Yes, yeah. responsibly. Responsibly. That's yes. the whole thing. It's, it, it's about being responsible. We don't want you to, you know, practice the fine Japanese art of Rojane. All right, and I... <laughs> 
we want we want you to drink responsibly. You know? And if you do, do it at home. People yeah. sleep in your driveway. Yeah. Come right. on. Right. Definitely. Responsible. Ooh. Like a man that works all day to pay his bills <laughs> and then comes home to a beautiful wife who does all the dishes and cooks all the food all day long. Oh, no, that I'm not on board with. No, no, no. <laughs> for the record, no, I do the dishes in our house. I just don't want to. I was, I was I going for. Too. I was going for what would incite the the worst <laughs> possible uh, Gloria Brown. That'll do her. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> response. A gator carried it into the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, life is wrong good. With this? All right, I have not tried this. I've just. Uh, I've just kept taking a little I forgot we haven't tried this. it yet. We were having so much fun with that last piece. <laughs> Again, the sloppy episode. <laughs> yes, that's all right. Well, those are the favorite. Those are my favorite ones. Sorry, um, it's a sloppy episode. Sloppy. <laughs> I want to know what Mary thinks. Forget you guys. All right, that's good. Mary is right, the. I'm, I'm conflicted. She's the big fan of. of uh, I think I'm much pineapple. like your wife. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool, but just don't you message your stuff. I get it. Do not like a mezcal. Right, she loves tequila, I, I doesn't love like tequila, mezcal. When you get the smoky yeah. stuff, I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, no, not with my drink. Mm. You know, <laughs> you know. I love this. But this is not as smoky some as some of that stuff, so it's it's mild on that part. Yeah. So I think I could drink this, but it's probably not one I'm gonna just choose. She's not gonna choose that over the other pineapple. Well, the good news is, is it won't be around very long. It's it's <laughs> it's gonna be a one shot deal. It'll come in probably later this summer. Yeah, and not much of it. Mm. Yeah. Still, I enjoy the smokiness right, though. I don't know about you guys. I went in for a second cup. Mm, so you're liking the smoke. This is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I can imagine this with a cigar, but something on the, uh, something on the, um, like a sun-grown wrapper or something like mm-hmm. along those lines. Mm-hmm. I want to see what one of our craft cocktail friends, like the guys out at Rosewater or even Anvil, you know, I want to see what they can do with the garnish Just on this. The like, nose. Like, actually, they're going to they're gonna grill or smoke some pineapple to put on this. You the know, for nose is so interesting. I can imagine this going with uh, savory meals. I can imagine this going with savory and sweet. And I can imagine this going almost with tropical as well, obviously. Uh, like, it's... This is... You know, I, it's one of those things that I, I don't think for me it would replace the regular pineapple, no. but I sure enjoy it. It's kind of, it reminds me a little bit of every now and then I'm in the mood for a peated whiskey, but usually that's not what I'm choosing. Can I but borrow, when I'm in the mood for that, the water? Nothing, yeah. nothing else will do. You know what I mean? And that's kind of that's where I, uh, w- what I would say about this is like, this is just a nice additional thing to have on hand. And uh, and again, we're encouraging you to drink plantation rum. Did you notice the um, the the uh, uh, tealing phoenix yes. is on his shoulder? Yes, like I did notice that. Yeah, yeah, which is very cool. Yeah, that's very cool. I put a yeah. drop of water in here just to see. Oh, I bet that, would that, open that, it up. That, well. and, and 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 you can tell that the liquid actually gets a little angry at it. You know, honestly, guys, I'm gonna tell you something right now. I, and I, I'm a believer in this. There, some of the some of the uh, uh, most uh, oh. notified. No, no, notified, notable mm-hmm. whiskey makers that I've ever met, they always say you got to put at least one drop of water in to open up the whiskey mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or the spirit to really taste. So I'm all about that. Now I'm not saying water it down, but right. one drop or two drops right. opens I it up. I dare you guys, put a drop of water in this. This becomes... Challenge accepted. Incredibly. Like, <laughs> from what, okay, so from what you had a minute ago, it's going to immediately become friendly... I'm getting too much. I, I I have a recycled glass, and so I'm getting coconut in mine. Once you get coconut in something, you can't get it out. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right about that. Yeah. Coconut will do it. There you go. 
right, so I'm going to try it's, to uh, It becomes much more, like, and it's good to begin with. I, like, I really like this straight and neat. Mm-hmm. But with a splash of water, I can imagine what this does with an ice cube, too. I bet oh, for sure. It becomes yeah. amazing. But with a splash of water, this opens up and it smooths out all yeah. those rough edges that aren't really that rough in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And I becomes gotcha. almost silky Good at call. that point. Good call. Mm-hmm. I, I do have a little issue with that, though, because I feel like you're encouraging me to drink this. <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I mean, I, I hate this. <laughs> it encourages you to drink. Not good. You walk through but, yourself right Yeah, try that. it with some water. It's, it's pretty freaking amazing. <laughs> that uh, that may be our first negative comment in the in the chat. We Ever. Have, it's a, it's but, awesome. I think it's fantastic. But we have received negative comments in reviews before. Who knows who knows Gloria Brown? Anybody? I don't know. But I I have read exactly you do know a Gloria Brown? No, I'm saying we should dedicate. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this is that a, sounds like this such isn't a pissed off ex. That sounds that? like such a milquetoast <laughs> name, though. That that that's like such a milquetoast name mm-hmm. that someone said, "I'm gonna troll some people and just call myself Gloria Brown." Yeah, is it, like do you know any Bob Gloria Smith. Browns in, in Barbados? This isn't like you know. I've been trying to not say, but that's my mom. <laughs> is it really? Is it really? Oh, no! no. So I was totally kidding. <laughs> is it really? So oh my god. Is, so is is this your mom that's saying we're encouraging people to drink? Does your mom know I am now banging my head against my life? Does your mom I was trying to like not say anything, just like I'm gonna live through the end of this and not say anything. Does your mom know what you do for a yeah, living? Yeah, no? Okay. Mom, I just so wanna sorry. say for the record. <laughs> On behalf of all of us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we probably should just. We're sorry, <laughs> Kelsey. We probably and the should. Show cuts off here. The floor. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm Gloria. I don't know what the rest is. Uh, of course. So the show is for sure right. dedicated to Gloria now. Uh, for sure it is. I'm gonna uh, wrap this bad boy up, my friends, because I don't see how we can top that. I don't see how we can top that at all. Uh, a year away, you say, uh, for the uh, for the Stiggins? No, that, that one will be here in a few months. Probably. A few this months. one is a year away. Uh, and the coconut is a year away. Yeah. Well, as usual, we have enjoyed all of it. The plantation rums, the the cognac was amazing, and want to thank you for coming in and being so generous with your time and with your spirits. And, and it your mom. was it was really. <laughs> Great to meet you, even though we've clearly not made a good impression on your mom. It's okay. Um, so it's fine. Mom. It's yeah. fine. She so. is 100% safe, I assure you. Yeah. She's, yeah. We adore her. She's awesome. Yeah. Good work there, Mrs. Yeah. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> we promise she's not driving. Uh, uh, my friends have a... <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> next week should be an interesting episode because Ian is out of pocket. I will be co-hosting the show with our good friend and someone that we know from uh, an initial negative review we got that no one actually cares about, Mr. Alan Denny. I uh, will be co-hosting the show with me, so I'm looking forward to that and uh, hanging out with Alan. Uh, and then in two weeks, uh, we join our good friend uh, Trenton from Oliva Cigars. That'll be fantastic. Uh, at uh, the Galveston Island Cigar Lounge, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, Docs, it's been too long. Let's do, to, let's do it again soon, and, and, and tell Amantes if he ever gets out of bed again. We need to have <laughs> we need to have our taco throwdown. I've challenged him openly many many now, times. No, we've talked about this. I would love to do a taco throwdown. It's done. I'm all on board, man. Uh, yeah, because if nothing you need goes. A judge. Nothing goes well, better with tacos. Of course, you're the judge. Of than, than beer and spirits. You're so. impartial, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Good. Three judges. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Done. 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 Right. So uh, have a great week, my friends. Thank you for coming along for smoking and toasting. And remember, uh, we are so thrilled to have you guys uh, following us here and listening to the show and being here for the whole thing. And uh, a gator carried it 
into the swamp. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you again next time. Cheers, my Cha friend. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> Episode ever. <laughs> 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 <laughs>